recorded live. Black Power. Black Power, beautiful, yeah. Model Hook Chuck. Black Power, beautiful, holy, yeah. Model Chuck. Model Hook Chuck, man. Welcome to Feel the Ground Radio. My phone acting a fool, man. Wouldn't let me dial in for something, but I'm in here. He's doing well. What's going on tonight, family? You know what it is. Um, let's give our praises. Let's open it up. Praise that eternal glory to God, in all of the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. Praise Harriet Tubman. Glory to Ida B. Wells, all of the spirit of Sister Fanny Luhema. Um, what we said already, do you vote You know what it is. It's uh, a spirit on the clown. It's Brother Paul, my brother Rahey Wu. Uh, we'll get it in tonight with our. With our uh, with our topic that we're making a continuous from last week, part two, you know. Uh, we're going to be dealing with the relationships tonight. We want to build, let's stay together, and, you know, build some bonds between a black man and a woman, you know, um, the best way, which is going to be the only the only way that we're going to be able to get our baby for holy age to the building up of that unity between the black man and a woman in order for us to build our nation, and the nation is started inside your home. Once you start a strong nation in the home, you start to uh, realize a stronger nation outside. Of it. But it, it starts right there at home. Uh, start at home. Right? Start with how we uh, act towards each other. So, you know, we're striving to make sure that we started with each other. Hopefully we have, uh, you know, queens come out tonight. You know, the queens always do come out, though. I mean, we, we make sure that um, you are know, talkative on the line tonight. We want to definitely hear what y'all have. Saying we want both ends open. You know, the gentleman going to be getting it in. But, um, Brother Brown, hey, who? Peace for Holy Ace. What's going on, brother? Peace for Holy Ace family. Uh, most definitely looking forward to um, bringing this up to the table. And over, uh, it's going to take more than one show. Um, it's going to take a, a very lot, I mean, excuse me, a lot of hard work and a lot of time put into, you know, this issue between the separation of the black man and the black woman. Because it's a lot of things that is on the plate that has us against each other and at odds with each other. So uh, we're going to have to look at these things and listen to each other and build off of each other. Please leave all uh, emotions at the door. Uh, do realize that this is not a platform for man to attack a woman, and it's not a platform for the for the woman to attack a man. Uh, we will not cater to the arguing back and forth between the ideas and thoughts of the queens and the kings. Uh, this is to look at what has us uh, separated from each other and to build solutions on mending the issues that we face uh, amongst each other as black men and black women. So this is something that is most definitely uh, most needed. Uh, A lot of it has to do with the effects of slavery placed upon the black woman, black man, and child. And through a long course of time and uh, all the poisons that are within the environment that we're dealing with as of today, ongoing into tomorrow. So... Uh, All the queens that do call in on the line and all the kings that call in on the lines, do know that your lines are open as soon as you call in. The only way that we will be closing lines is if uh, things get out of hand or if there's too much background noise. Uh, You won't have to push any buttons 
uh, on your computer or on the phone in order to chime in and, and jump into this uh, issue that we're having amongst each other. Uh, we do appreciate everybody that comes out, that's in support, that realizes that this is a serious issue, that those who would like to as well um, see bridges built between a black man and a black woman. So uh, I, hope, I look forward to be very interesting. Um, the Queens, if you come in, uh, just state uh, your name or whatnot and just, you know, throw your uh, your information on the table pretty much. Um, what I would like to start off with, and I know it's going to take a minute for the people to come in, um, I'd like to start with the Queens first. So I would like to see uh, where, the Queens, where the Queens is at and what are their thoughts and their feelings or what are some things that they have uh, noticed within this situation. Uh, your lines are open. Feel free to just come in, uh, introduce yourself, and uh, basically put it out there. We are going to sit and listen to both sides before we look at uh, taking both sides of opinions and start building a solution. So if the family could do that, it would be greatly appreciated. The Kings, the same rules apply to you as well, to basically come in, uh, whatever your thoughts, views, and opinions or something that you've been through or things that you notice that is damaging between the relationships between a black man and a black woman as well and put that on the table and on the line. Uh, remember that things will be said that you might not like, but we ask that you leave your emotions at the door and realize that this is a healing process between the black woman and the black man. Uh, we are not here to judge you. We are not here to point fingers at you and say that you're weak because you are putting your thoughts, opinions, or some would like to say emotions, I like to say energy out there on the line. So, you know, I look forward to it, family. Let's get it in. Waiting for the rest of the co-hosts at the moment. You know, uh, we feed off of each other. We greet each other. Want to know how the family is doing. And then we'll go in and we'll get the situation started. Uh, we started off with uh, some nice soothing music that kind of uh, fits the topic. We know that uh, the best, I know for me, I know that uh, the only time that I'm really able to see true love or true pain is through uh, the birth of music, that being oldies, uh, pretty much the soul and essence of uh, all of the music that that is out today, even some of the uh, things that I would say isn't music. So we like to bring a positive energy into the room. So with that, I like to uh, give uh, praises to the ancestors as as we start off uh, all times. Uh, glory to Garvey, peace to Nat Turner, long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Muhammad. Glory to Harriet Tudman, peace to Ida B. Wells, long live the spirit of Fannie Lou Hamer. Baby Foley, Black Power Model, Tep, let's get it in. The people filtering in right now. We got a couple people out there in the crowd. We like to go to Paul's might be out there. You know, our family's going out here in Georgia, Uncle Pete, and uh, Prince Texas come in. Yeah, so Renee, what else? Got a couple of nice things going on. I, I like to put this out as an uh, announcement, though, a, um, you know, announcement to the family. The um, young brother, Eric Shepard, who had been um, hunted down and looked for due to his stepping on the, um, the uh, United Snake flag. He walked all on it. He was uh, he was taken as a prisoner today in Florida. 
Give me one moment. I'll pull that information. Eric Shepard. Uh, you remember that, brother, don't you, brother Hickman? Yeah, I do. All right. Um, looking for some rank next. He had a, uh, they had a, uh, uh, like a GoFundMe set up for his lawyer speak, but it was immediately shut down. Mm, dirty business. All right. Um. So one thing that we can do, uh, we might have to do this tomorrow. Well, we can call the, uh, we can contact the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office uh, in regards to the brother Eric Shepard. Um, the number is two two nine six seven one two nine five zero. Anonymously at two two nine six seven one two nine eight five. Again, the numbers to be able to contact uh, in regards to the brother is two two nine six seven one two nine five zero. And if you want to contact anonymously, two two nine six seven one two nine eight five. With that being said, that brings me up to a point that on our last show that I brought up, and um, to the family out there, if you are, from an African point of view, a lawyer or a paralegal, um, I really like to reach out to the UAM and uh, Baba Automatics on this. On our kings and queens and family members that get caught up or get kidnapped by the, the beast of white supremacy within uh, the fight for B.B. Fahodier, uh, we would like to be able to sit down and have a show topic on being able to build and having knowledge and resources set up so that when our kings and queens are kidnapped by the white supremacist beast with badges, that we are prepared and we have a structured uh, situation to where we can make sure that our kings and queens are back home safely with their families and still continuing within the fight for BB for Hodier. So that's something that uh, I look forward to building with the family and trying to get set up as well. So uh, right now it's it's a thought that's up in the air. Uh, if it does go through and we do, and we are able to bring uh, this topic to the table, the flyer will be uh, put up and it'll be circulated uh, amongst the people. So that's another thing. Uh, Look out for and stay tuned for. Uh, we try to provide the best solutions that we can for our people 
throughout the African community worldwide. Like I said, we're going to spread this gas and stay on this global African supremacy. Yeah, we definitely got to do that, man. You know, we moving forward so fast that it's going to be so many games to try to put down. You know what I mean? We're doing well out here. We're doing well in our, you know, we're doing well as a people right now, man. We're really doing good. Uh, just keep fighting. Stay strong. Don't, you know, don't put nothing down for yourself. Uh, South Carolina, is that Brother Claude? That's, oh, Brother Claude might be at the job. He has tuned in. That might be kind of. Yeah, yeah brother Brian, hey, we got we got Slim Live tonight, man. You know, it's just it's, it's basically me and you. We got we got two more inside the room, three in the room right now. Who else in there? You know what I'm saying? Ain't none of them is family. None of them is our uh, is none of our co-hosts and shit like that. So it's just the family listening in. And uh, I just you know let's know that you know one of the reasons why I I don't mind doing a relationship show and definitely like doing a relationship show because. I'm in one. I'm always trying to try to do things better. I'm always, you know, it's always, uh, it's like still sharpening still. We we clash, we clash, but we, you know what I'm saying? We best of friends. I, you know, I love her, but we clash. It's like it's, it's on a regular basis, like a toxic, curvy thing with us. But, um, you know, we've been rocking together for some time, well over 15 years, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I've been through, uh, we've been through the ups and downs. We've been through a lot, a lot, a lot of shit. You know what I mean? I'm newer over 20 years. You know what I mean? My life, um, a lot of time invested in really want to, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, I, I, I just look at it as that we both people who have, who need work to be worked on. So I don't see myself as someone who don't need to get better. So I'm just want to, you know, just listening to what some of the buffers might say, things that they do to help appease their woman, things that the woman say to help. You know, and things that you know, just uh, how to how to be better as a black man. Also, I say this though, as a black man out there, you know, you should get that book by Charles Ali. Black man, God, understand black woman. Uh, being critical people, literature to have in this day and time. Definitely, big critical people. What was the book that the sister had wrote uh, a while back? The sister that uh, makes the Super Heyru books. Oh, the the book that uh, what was that book? Shamila, what was the book Sister Angela made? Sister Angela Freeman, the black, huh? God's gift is that what it is? God's yeah, that's up. what it is. Yeah, I would recommend for uh, the kings and queens, if you haven't picked up Angela Freeman's work, uh, God's Gift, to most definitely uh, make sure that you add that to your library or, or your reads, whether if it's on your Kindle device. or I don't know if it's on the Google Books. You could check that out. But, you know, however you choose to read, uh, that is a very powerful work. And uh, I'd just like to get uh, the sister of Black Fist for that. Uh, I think that that's a great source of literature dealing with uh, the topic that we're speaking on tonight, the separation between the black man and the black woman uh, and the effects of slavery and uh, what we can do to provide a, a solution to to this madness. You know what I'm saying? So make sure that uh, if you haven't read it already that you go out and you get that. Uh, much respects to that sister. Also check out the sister's other works 
that she has put her hard work and time and African energy into for the children as far as our uh, books of Super Hate Rules. And uh, I think uh, if you got the sister's website, could you put that out there so that they could uh, check out the sister's work? I don't have uh, the sister's information in front of me right now, so. Uh, it, it can sound good coming out my mouth, but if I don't uh, give a source to the people for them to check it out, then, you know, they just listen to just words coming out my mouth, so. They're on the radio. I, I can see them who out there. This author, Angela Freeman. AngelaFreeman.com if you want to get her book off of her stuff. But, uh, you know, she's definitely putting out some good work. Also, I wanted to put this book in. Queen just gave it to me. Complimentary. 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 In a complimentary There you go. <laughs> you got me right. You ready for the beat. You ready for the beat. You ready for the beat, though. So, you know what I mean? You got to go all the way through it. I just got to glance uh-huh. at it. Now, but um, there's some good things in here, and I wanted to, I wanted to uh, read a couple of things that he put in here. Uh, there's a chapter on family that I want to uh, put in, uh, and also just the opening up of um, the complimentary, complimentary. So I want to do that. Put a couple things in real quick. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me start out with uh, complimentary. My aunt speaks for, as a matter of fact, I saw John, this chapter one. Uh, the determining mode of the African worldview is harmony. The goal is that of discovering the point of harmonious interaction so that the interferences become neutralized, allowing constructive energy to flow into deep sea. My aunt speaks to a progressive, generative spirit, to a procreative, cooperative movement. And as a core principle of my complementarity, speaks to two differently qualified yet intimately interacting beings, forces of things diligently and continuously working toward a healthy, holistic balance. It is a drive to maintain equilibrium between two beings, forces of things that must work together as either expect to survive and reach its full. reach its full potential in the community of their universe. Talent and different powers must be cooperatively, cooperatively, cooperatively tied to a joint mission vision in order to achieve complementarity in terms of a man seeking a woman as a mate and vice versa. Complementarity is the matching, the mating of a man having a dominant male energy with a woman having a dominant female energy. This is according to universal law. Yes, men come with both male and female energies, and women come with both female and male energies. But the balance in sexual energy favors their respective sex. Male energy dominates in men, and female energy dominates in women, and there is nothing wrong with this. The creator is not an error only in the perverted and extremely individualistic Western mind is the argument made that males can be dominated by female energy and vice versa, or that individuals may have 
equal amounts of male and female energy or that individuals can be lacking in both male and female energy. Nature brings about complementary relationships, male and female attraction, and other intimate human arrangements, however scientifically defined formed by any other than a natural heterosexual pairing is a product of congenital or acquired biochemical imbalance or socialized guys, god bind psychosis are both feeding each other. Regardless of cause in this case, the result is an unnaturally created mutation in human relations. Each individual created as male or female before birth comes uniquely equipped with or otherwise has the potential to fully realize gender-specific skills and qualities. Our innately individual sex-specific talents makes males and females natural matches. Again, all else other contrived matches of adults or adults with children or animals in the European context are natural and therefore artificial and forced whether consciously not. Uh, no single head can contain all wisdom. Even though a male or female can individually survive with or without procreate, and we are unable to reach our full capacity as human beings without partnering, partnering with the other sex. In this context, there is a distinct difference between surviving and living. Survival is persistent. And the African tradition to be adult without a compliment is to survive. Be coupled with one's compliment is to live. Living is to exist and thrive at full capacity. Full capacity is community based definition. The compliment of living comes with being one and a thriving community. Any person with the African tradition defines his or her completeness with the needs of the community, which nourishes his or her spirit and nourishes and nurtures his or her personhood. The completeness becomes magnified with complementary relationships within the African mind. The connection is I am because we are. And that's just a little piece of the first chapter from uh, M. Wally Mugaruni, uh complementary, complementary, complementary. So, uh, and on the back, what he, and this is uh, from the back page. It says, the couple is the bedrock of the nation. Without it, without it, there is no family, no people. Without couples, there can be no family to procreate and rear confident, untroubled, anchored children. No viable community, respected generation, can be born to continue the process of life, living, building, and descending. African couples, African couples must be whole individually. And as one, they must be able to trust themselves and each other implicitly, and that is what makes it imperative that we carefully choose our mates for African reasons. We must choose with vision, for we are the vanguard. Our unions have purpose for far greater than the wants or needs of either member individually or the couple together. We do not mold this purpose. In fact, it is just the opposite. We are soldiers in love, forming beautiful family, bringing happy, thinking children, building strong, lasting communities raising the mighty nation and moving all in. For African warrior scholar compliments, there is no other reason to think. And that's uh, the back from, uh, you know, and while we move with Rudy, just giving me a little overview on, you know, on why we need together, I mean, why we need to be together. And how we are made for one another, period. There's no other, you know what I mean? There's nothing else that we can, you know, no other way that we can put that. There is no other match. 
for the black man, but the black woman is no other match for the black woman than the black man. And that's the African man and the African woman. Sometimes, you know, I know y'all talk to slick. So slick jokes. I know y'all slick. So you talking African. We're talking about black Chinese, uh, talking about none of, none of that other shit. Black, through Vietnam, none of that. You don't want to hear none of that. We're talking about black Africans. So we need to be with each other, especially us Africans who have been spread wars throughout the diaspora in a place of particular like this United States of America where we know each other implicitly better and we have this, and we are the ones who will have the best lookout for each other because we know each other's pain. We share a situation and also we share a, uh, a bond, but we also share a duty. Uh, with that being said, what's going on out there? You know, the lines are open. Just want to say that uh, family that calls in to participate in this topic, um, it's cool if you just want to sit and listen. But uh, the only way that we are going to tackle this situation is through your participation. So I do ask that all those who do uh, tune in to call in uh, by whatever means, if it's uh, Skype or your phone or your computer or your cell phone, landline, whatever it is, uh, your participation is very necessary in order for us to build a a solution to uh, the issue of the separation between us that is at hand. So. Uh, we do ask for all those who are there to participate. If not, you know, I can't force anyone to do anything. Uh, but uh, you I know, look forward to your participation. Yeah, you know how it is. Peace, brothers. Peace. Peace. Glory to Garvey. Praise Nat Turner. Honor to Dr. Khalid okay. Muhammad. Uh, oh, to. Harriet Tubman, Fannie Lou Hamer, all our ancestors that have paved the way for us to get here and be able to discuss um, African love and togetherness. I I had left the line earlier. This is my mental goddess. Good evening, everybody. I love y'all. Oh, good evening. Good evening. How are you doing tonight, my mental goddess? I'm fine. Me too. Um, I see you uh, got the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I said. We ain't have the book. I just ain't had read all the way through the book. I know she had it though. Okay, good. I knew she would have had it. <laughs> but I was uh I've been reading on it and stuff and uh I was I had I start before I started reading it I was like, What do I think that the main thing you know, the main problem with relationships and my thing was trust. Because you know, we, we don't trust one another. We've been bred to not trust one another. So we are the DNA strand of the people who have been maimed and defamed by this this beast of white supremacy. So they taught us to not trust and not love us anymore, you know. So we damned as soon as we get here with the no trust, you know. Out the mother's womb, you you you're not to be you tr- not to trust your mama because they come with these chemicals, so you don't have to breastfeed your child. So. They're automatically taking you away from your first vital source of nurturing and loving and holding and trust. 
trust that I'm going to feed you every day. And, you know, they started off from the from the start, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, in the book he says, um, Baba says, that, uh, you know, without trust, you can't develop, you can't develop a loving relationship um, because so many of us, you know, we no longer see each other as family. We've been conditioned by the European to distrust each other. And it's, it just breaks the whole construct of the family if you don't have trust. And as far as a personal relationship and being an uh, African woman, I think our sisters need to uh, communicate more with the brothers on a sensitive level as far as maybe not listening to what others say about people and just coming in on a clean slate about somebody because when you have all these outside sources, to cloud your mind of what you're trying to build with somebody, it's just, you know, if you're building with somebody, it's got to be just you two. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us as women, we want to ask our sisters questions or advice. And, you know, I think that if you're going to go hand in hand with someone, you have to just learn the steps, you know, walk the steps with each other. No one can help you. You have to help one another because you're building to become one. So what can anybody else do to help you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, uh, you're saying that, Queen. I'm going to tell you, the, the, only, the only place I would tell, you, I'd tell anybody to get, get information on relationships from is people who've been in relationships over 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, okay. you want to find out about how to relate to one another, you know what right. I'm saying, down. Find some couples been together 20 years, 30 years, and then, and, you know, especially once they get over 30 years, man, they're going to, they you know, they'll have some real keen wisdom on how, how to get over things, you know, because a lot of times, like you said, we don't trust each other and we harbor ill feelings towards each other through other relationships and things of that nature. And so that's, uh, you know, that trust thing is definitely something that is built up. You said that, and I, and I just thought about it. I said, you know, when you, when, you, when you spoke on how as children we, we have learned to distrust our parents, so then we just learn to be distrustful of each other, period, as people, because if you can't trust your parents, who can you trust? Yeah. And I just thought about how when, when I found out about Christmas, when I really found out about Christmas and knew that, you know, before I really didn't know how the gifts was getting in the house, because my mother and them would hide, they hide the stuff well. You don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. You know, overnight bikes show up, all type of shit show up. So you don't know what the hell's going on. And then my brother, he 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 busted out one time, busted it out. I don't know how old I was. I was still young, though, still in elementary school. He told it, and I didn't tell that he told it. But from that point on, I didn't believe in that shit no more. And like maybe. I'm telling you, it might have to be maybe the next Christmas, maybe a Christmas later. I was just talking to my father, like, yo, man, I don't believe in that. You know what I'm saying? That shit ain't real. My father was like, word. He's like, I don't believe in it. I got a little brother, too. Now, we already, we on our little brother. We are, I'm telling him hard, you know. He's like, word, y'all believe in it? That's good. I ain't going to celebrate it anyway. <laughs> and I, I laughed. 
I laughed about it, but at that time, I had already started thinking that I was smarter than my parents. Because as soon as my brother told me, I knew I knew something that they didn't know I knew. You know what I'm saying? And then I realized that they was lying about something that they didn't have to. So now I'm like, damn, I don't court y'all lying about something that y'all ain't got to got to even lie about. Like, it made me, I, I swear, it made me feel like they was slow or something. Like, something, like, it, it was a type of distrust when you realize that they're definitely lying without no doubt. And that and that does, that carries over to a lot of different relationships. Hmm. But, um, with that being said, though, the uh, power of, uh, you know, when you say that uh, trust is one of the things, is there any uh, in particular thing that you've seen in there about Rudy that you that stood out with dealing with that issue, or uh, is there anything that you you know you think um, you know uh, like I said anything that you felt stood out with dealing with that? Um, I'm just I was just no I just know that he has his you know his chapters layered out as a like a development structure to start with, you know, like if you want to have a relationship, he um he starts to build from the beginning when you choose in first, you know, he guides you through your choices and he, you know, it's just a step, a step ladder to a um, complementarity relationship. But um, I was just trying to keep it, you know, on a level like our age, our, you know, our people, that are in these troubled relationships. Because, you know, people with 30 years behind them, they got, you know, they're not starting off no more, and it's a totally different world now. And with this media out here representing the man to be this, you know, he got to have money, or, you know, women think they can't deal with a man that ain't got no money, not going to pamper them. And, you know, we, we need to get back to the basics of when, we used to have to be there for our man when he didn't have no money, and we had the money and had the job, and he had to stay home and do what he had to do, or vice versa. You know, it takes one, it takes two people to tango, and all this putting the force on either person to do whatever. I can only speak from a woman's point of view. You know, I'm I'm always in a relationship that I've had with men. I've always been, stood my ground as a woman, but I never overruled the man, and I always was a good listener, but, you know, I've always had my own opinion, but I've always been a, a good listener to a man and let him stand in his role as being a man, the protector, the provider, you know, but I, I never pushed the fact that you had to be this baller that brings me all these tangible things, because, you know, I've always been a nature girl, and I'm cool with a brother that just want to go, you know, build a, a tree house or you know, garden or take a walk. You know, I'm 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 all about getting back into the earth, but which I think couples need to get back to too because they they turning love into buying you something or taking you somewhere or feeding you something or mm-hmm. you know all these things that can be taken away from you in just a second. But your heart and your love, those things are priceless, and that's what our men need. Our men don't need fake shit no more. You know, now that we know we can do what the Euro do, be what the Euro supposedly is, we see that. It ain't shit. It, really? destroyed, our, it destroyed our families. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's fucked up our relationships. You know, we need to get back to being in the family, sitting at the table, eating with our families, cooking in the kitchen with the daddy and the kids, or if it ain't no kids, just a couple things. You know, you go get, you cut the potatoes, I cut the onions, you hug me while I stir the pot. You know, we need to get back to that stuff and quit watching Real House of, of whatever it's called. Because none of them ain't married, I heard. None of them married. But the title of the show is Real Housewives of Atlanta. And there one of them hoes that married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So that's already a lie. We yeah. need to quit, you know, quit watching that. That's not what all black people what we do, you know, yeah, we good in fashion and we can wear stilettos and weave and, you know, the men can wear gaudy watches and, you know, rap. But that's not all black men know how to do. Black mm-hmm. men are some hardworking, hands-on individuals. Mm-hmm. That is the reason why this country is a fortified, rich, enriched country because of the hands and feet and back of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And men and, you know, our strong men and women. And we still are that. But the Euro way has made us lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to build nothing. We want to go have somebody build something. Are you crazy? You know how much cheaper it is for you to do everything that you want somebody else, you're going to pay somebody else to do? He taught us gather. right up our skills. He taught us right up out of our skills. He said, look, man, y'all don't need to know how to build nothing. You just need to go to school, get this yeah. fancy book learning. Get this fancy education, right. go and get out that field. Yeah. Right. So now yeah. we don't have kings going out gathering young homies in the hood no more and taking them fishing or out shooting uh, rabbits and, you know. We're going we, fishing, Summer Queen. All right, go fishing. Take these babies fishing, you know. Get them out of this computer world because their brains are being fried. Mm-hmm. They're walking around here like zombies. I'm so tired of these babies. Throw a ball at them and they hit them dead in the fucking head. Yeah, now you're saying that, though, about that, about doing that with the babies. As as black men, if we take more care and more concern with the youth in our community, the women to take more care to us. Because they'll they'll see that, oh, you is about something. You worth something. The man is back. The The black man is back. That's all we need. We can run it. We can run it if y'all want us to, but y'all don't want us to. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't want us to, but uh, we do need to know and be assured that we ha- y'all have our backs. Yeah. And and these babies are our number one concern because that's who we leaving behind. We finna be gone. Yeah, exactly. Now that's why I said we gotta you know take start taking some of the youth. You know, you go by these sisters, these sisters who they might be single sisters or whatever. You stop by, you know, hey, listen, man. Tell your little man we got because this summer we're doing the Rice of Passage program. We're going to take him fishing and we're going to do the workout. We're doing an uh, exercise program with him this year. So that's going to be a cool part. But, you know, we're just going to, you know, just take him out because what the black woman needs to see is a positive example of the black man. So when she yes, talks to the black man that she deal with or talk to the new black man, she'll have the image of the good black man in her head. She's yes, sir. the good black man. You might be one. You might be one, brother, you know, because you see that there's one out there. Now, this is something that, I, that I'm that i telling you that I think that, you know, listen, the black man got feelings. Black woman, I, there's one thing I think the black woman needs to understand. There's women fix. 
The black man got feelings. I don't even care about women's period. I don't even know why I said that. I'm just talking about the black one. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> but the, the black man got feelings. You That's know, sure. You know, and so sometimes, you know, he, the black man is very sensitive. I'm going to tell you that. He's ultra sensitive in this environment. Sometimes overly sensitive because of the mannerism that he is uh, pushed around in the society. So he has very few things to hold on to that he can look at as symbols of his manhood. Mm-hmm. So he can be affected and broken down when certain certain aspects of his manhood he deems are taken are uh, uh, disrespected. You know what I mean? And you know he says, uh, and I just want you know that this this one the sisters know that the black man is an emotional creature. So talk to him nicely. <laughs> you know, if you talk to him nice, he'll respond. Tell me. He does not respond kindly to slick mouth or slick talking, you know, condescending banter. If you want to tell him something, just tell him, but don't be condescending or try to on top of that, he on top of whatever, uh, something else. If you tell him you didn't like one thing, leave it at that. Don't add on the three other things that you didn't like yesterday. Just leave that alone. Because he'll try to do better at that one thing if you tell him one at a time. But if you tell him three, four things, and you felt like he's supposed to do it better, he's going nah, he to try his hardest to do all three, four of them work. He might not tell you that. But subconsciously, it will be going in his head. So, you know, I'm just saying, you know. But, uh, and, and, I, and, you know, I'm a little joking with that, but I'm also serious. That, you know, it's it just, it just, um, and black men realize that the black woman, you know, is emotional. So when, she's, when you do say things to her and she takes them in an emotional mannerism, be okay with it because that's just, it is what it is. You know what I'm okay, saying? and um, I'm sorry. The, black, the, the, the queens need to um, focus on the babies and show the men that they care as well because they have lost the um, nurturing the nurturing ability is gone. They 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 pumping that out of us too. They mm-hmm. have all these things where a mother doesn't have to be a mother anymore. They've made it seem uncool mm-hmm. to be a mother. They've made it seem like a a rush thing. You know, hurry up and get the baby into these grown folk looking clothes. Hurry up and let the baby be doing all this uh, you know older child stuff. You know, mm-hmm. we can't even let the babies grow and into their right stages of life properly because we're steady trying to keep up with these European standards and buy all these things when a baby don't need nothing on but some arms and some breasts at when they first born. They don't need none of that stuff, shoes, socks. You know, they don't really have to have all that. They just need their parents. To, <laughs> no, I learned that. Me, I learned it. Oh, go ahead. To me, they we just, get sucked. We get sucked into that due to the fact that every day, 24-7, 365, that we have to plug into this matrix called the mm-hmm. Internet, social media, uh, any form of media coming through or being broadcast or streamed into your home. And um, we start to build our relationships with each other based on what we see out of a false matrix and because we are so plugged into that, and it's really bad to where the poisonous effects of it 
if you look at it, how many uh, people do you see on a daily basis that's got their phone glued to their hand? They can't put that phone down. When they go home, they jump right on the Internet in front of that computer. They can't put it down. Or they're in front of the TV looking at these false reality images, and then it confuses the mind and makes you think that this is the norm. So when we look at how we build our relationships with each other, the the the, basically, the basics of building a relationship between a man and a woman goes out the window because now you're looking at a relationship or a man's looking at the woman or a woman's looking at the man as a materialistic object. So as long as you're doing that you, and there's nothing positive that's going to come from that because the only growth that you're going to get from that is whatever pleasure that you are looking forward to get from the materialistic aspects of what you're building your relationship on. So if you're building how you deal with a woman based on her physical features, that means you don't care nothing beyond her physical appearance. So you don't care her state of her mind, you, how she takes care of herself. Uh, does she have the characteristics of being a good mother? Does none of that registers through the mind. It's only about uh, how your physical appearance uh, pleases, you know, my lower regions or whatnot. And we really got to get out of thinking like that. Uh, the trust issue that the queen brought up, I think that that is something that I look at as well, that we don't trust each other, even male on male uh king and king brotherhood we don't trust each other sisters on sisters and, and queenhood don't trust each other so if we can't trust each other on just a normal basics of dealing with each other and coexisting how can we trust each other in relationships now a lot of people will use uh things that they've been through and say well this is why i can't trust a man from a woman can't trust a man because the man has done all these horrible things to her. Uh, the man has the same issue with the woman. Uh, men can't trust women because, unfortunately, you've chosen the wrong woman because you you bypassed all the things that are important in a relationship and you settle for this uh, modern-day uh, false reality of what a relationship is. So. A lot of times if we just take time and really just look at ourselves and figure out uh, whatever, how can I put it, what's the word I'm looking for? If we could basically analyze ourselves and see the good things and the bad things and how we focus and deal with what's important to us in our lives and put our our wants over our needs and what's more important and build with each other based on reality, realistic situations, that this is just a start. Uh, we have to learn to build to trust each other. We have to learn to build to love each other. We have to learn to build to communicate with each other. We're not communicate. excuse me, we're not communicating with each other as black men and black women the way that we should, and we're so quick to use a mediator to, in order to speak with each other. It's like it's easier to hire the mailman to deliver the message rather than for the person to deliver the message themselves. So you can't throw in a third party when you're trying to build with two. It's just not going to work. So this is just something that I feel that we got to look at on working with each other. It takes both of us in order to get to a positive ending point. 
we can't keep throwing all these other scenarios and people into our relationships with each other. It's not going to end in a good positive uh, end result, not at all. I don't see it happening. I say. I say. I say. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that's a, that's always a downfall with this side of relationship. Is um too, you know, not too much mediation, too much go in between, and a lot of times um the, the go in between knows the information before your intimate partner, and that and that's really a hard look. That's where it also hurts when we talk about trust. You know, it's hard to trust your, your partner when anything that you have going on and you feel like y'all should be speaking to each other and they speak outside of the relationship first. Then you have the friend secondhand me telling you what's going on in your relationship. So, you know, I start to say other things like that. My relationship is my relationship being private. Even on my Facebook page, uh, I don't deal with all that. All that, like, social media, that's another thing that now we have social media. It keeps your relationship off of social media. Oh, my. That is nowhere for your relationship to be. Nowhere to talk about how your love life going or how it's not going. Trust me. You know, you might be looking. You know, you you listen. I found, I've seen people say they found, uh, they were looking for love, and they looked for and they found some things in the Facebook. So I'm not going to totally discredit um, social media for, you know, for, for things that it can't do, but I'm saying that it seems that there is a duality of harm and good in there, and the harm a lot of times seems, the bad a lot of times seems to outweigh the good for social media. Because a lot of times we we use social media as a venting place, and we will vent of anger. What up, man? Who is that? You the mutual line. Who came in here with this Andy Griffin? <laughs> yeah, we most definitely use uh, our people. Yeah, that was somebody's ringtone over here. Yeah, we use social media uh, completely wrong. Um, I think social media does have benefits as far as us building within our BB for Hodier. We're dealing with our family that is all across the world and being able to build uh, resources and be able to draw bridges uh, between those that are uh, across the seas or whatnot. But we're not using it. Within that form, uh, social media is being used for hookups, uh, one-night stands, or you have all these different millions of groups or whatnot, and you have all these people saying, I belong to this or I'm this. Realize that, like I said, it's a matrix. It's a false reality. People can be whoever they want to be, make themselves into this non-existing alter ego that they're just not, and it's not their life, and I see our people spend more time going back and forth over who's real and who's not more so than providing and building any solutions to move forward. And once we can stop doing that and utilize the resource that we have in front of us in a more positive way and drop out all the over 
sexual uh, little memes or whatnot. I see millions of memes dealing with oral sex, sex, uh, different things of uh, European perversion sex, uh, the woman being made into a man's toilet and the man's being made into a woman's toilet. It's just, it gets deep. And if this is all that we can produce on a daily basis as man and woman towards each other, then the end result is going to leave us further separated apart from each other. So there's just a lot of things that we have to look at and throw away and stop doing because we've, uh, to us, it's become the norm, almost like an everyday thing. It's not taboo to people. And you got to realize that a lot of things that we do is taboo. And once you realize it, you got to start a process of elimination. Through the process of elimination, is only going to work if we communicate with each other. Like right now, we're speaking to each other. But I'm quite sure there's a lot more people that's here listening that aren't communicating and aren't joining in. So unless you communicate and join in, we're not going to get anywhere. You're just going to sit there and listen to <laughs> us sit here go back and forth. And it's good that we might be able to touch, you know, those that are closest to us. And it's a good start, but we need to build to touch our hearts and our minds on a large scale if you really care about the situation at hand. Everybody has a certain way that they feel towards men. Everybody has a certain way that they feel towards women. We've all been through ups and downs. We've all dealt with assholes. Not We are not perfect. You know what I'm saying? The man is not perfect. We make mistakes. Um, some make more mistakes than others. Some don't care about the mistakes that they choose to make. Uh, some don't care about who they use or, or, or who they hurt. They don't think about the end results of their actions, the effects that that's going to have on that sister uh, throughout her lifetime because they just don't care. The only thing that's on their mind is their self-pleasure. And you got to get out of that state. Even when we deal with each other on a course of being intimate with each other, what happened to the knowing my partner, knowing every inch of her body from the bottom of the skin of her feet to the follicle tips of her hair on her head, knowing okay. what heart stimulates this woman before it even gets down to me penetrating her, making her, you know, have an orgasm that's a bodily orgasm just from the sound of my voice and touch. We have been so out of tune with each other that when we have intimate relationships with each other, it's just throw all your clothes off, open your legs, and this position, that position, uh, yeah. those that or physically conditioned to go all night, you know, it's an all night thing, but you have those that only care about them getting theirs, and that might be a few seconds to a few minutes. That's not satisfying your mate. That's not pleasing a woman. That's not the woman pleasing the man. It's just we have become, excuse me, we have become so separate from each other that we don't even have the love for each other to fully sexually stimulate each other anymore. So it's like there's no love anymore. Everything has become a course of recreation, almost as if sex has become just an exercise. And then you don't realize what the end result from that is, is that you have given birth to children out of the, that weren't created out of love. And you might not realize it now, but all of that energy goes into that child, and while that child is uh, developing inside of the womb, 
it's filled with those feelings of, uh, and emotions of, or, or lack of, for that matter. That's so you true. are going to produce what you put into it. So just like you look at these reality shows I heard you mention, um, I see them. I don't really sit down and pay attention to them, but when I do, I pay attention to everything that's going on that's not real. So you have these so-called artists or whatnot, entertainers, so they have this lifestyle that everybody uh, fantasizes that they wish that they could have, big house cars, whatever, materialistic things. But look at the reality show and look at their relationships and ask you, is that man really happy with this woman? Is that woman really happy with that man? Neither one of them can identify with happiness because happiness to them doesn't exist because everything is materialistic. So where the, the woman is now a materialistic object, it's like going into the mall. Um, since I have this lifestyle, uh, my woman has to be a reflection of my lifestyle. It's kind of like the man to the pinky ring, where the pinky ring is a symbol status of a man's wealth. So it's like the woman has to be the same thing. But then when you look at the woman, she's not real. Nothing within her design makeup of how she says that I'm a woman is actually real. Most of them got uh, Mr. Potato Head Syndrome, where they come in fresh up out the doctor's uh, lab, you know, getting cut on, getting body parts put on. This doesn't appeal to me. This isn't what I want. I want a woman that is all natural, a woman that knows that she doesn't need makeup to be beautiful, that she doesn't have to go and get breast implants, but she doesn't have to take the fat off of her ass and inject it into her face or in her lips or in her hips to make herself feel more beautiful. The woman has to know that she was created and designed in beauty, that when she came out the womb, the woman was beautiful. She doesn't need to decorate herself or to live a false reality to get this, it is just naturally within your genetic makeup, within a black woman. So if the man can look at the black woman within this way and respect her as a goddess and know that she is the goddess of the earth and that she is the key, that she is Mother Nature, that she is the definition of nature herself, or maybe the way that we deal with each other, the way that the black man treats the black woman will be completely different. The black woman is not just a cum bucket. She is not your nut rag. But unfortunately, we have those that treat the woman and as such. black man has to realize that the black woman is under, excuse me, is under attack more than the black man. The black woman's womb is under attack every day, all day, 365, 24-7, not only by the black man, but also by our enemies. Not only by enemies, but also by just living a regular everyday lifestyle. A woman's life is in threat just by just from going to a doctor, what she puts into her body, whether if it's medicine, food, or whatnot, based on where she lives. The geography of where she lives is, is attacking a black woman. The black man has to take all of this into consideration, as well as the things that we go through as black men on a daily basis. The woman has to take into consideration. And at the end of the day, when we meet with each other, that the first thing that we do is that we cater to one another. We make sure that our minds and our physical conditioning is okay, and then we let each other know that no matter what the situation is, that we're there for each other. If you look at our ancestors and going back to the Metanetta, you will find that behind every great man there was a great woman, and the woman always held him up and had his back. We have to return to that. We have become so disattached from that. We're to the point to where I've heard women say that 
some of them just don't care. You know what I'm saying? We have to get out of the mind state of seeing women who have kids just for survival. Uh, I get tired of seeing the queen that's got six or seven kids just to get a check in order to live. You know what I'm saying? That This is not procreation. This is not a balanced relationship between the black man and the black woman. Now, if I sound like my thoughts and views are one-sided, I don't mean to come across that way at all. This is just my train of thought at the moment right now. So, you know, bear with me. But I'm going to peace out for a minute to let others throw their opinion in here because I can go on for hours, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, family add on. Like how, like how, uh, I say, I say. I say, I say uh, that was beautiful. Open. Uh, I'm going to let you get right in. I just wanted to um, say the lines is open. Welcome to Feet on the Ground Radio. You know what it is. We, uh, we're dealing with relationships tonight. You know, we do over here. And, uh, you know, we want to build We want to build up these bonds between um, one another. So tonight we just want to relate. So, uh, family, come on and get it on there. Um, the show is for, for us. We're for you. Um, I see you out there, Brother uh, um, Brother Mekara, Brother Little. Uh, Sister Camille, is that you out there? I think Brother Claus, I believe, is out there now. All right, Sister Maya, uh, Maya Middle, everyone, um, if you have something to say, go ahead. We'll come in right after you. Oh, I just wanted to say that that was just a a very good explanation of what type of um, African woman that the brother is, you know, is ideal in his mind, and that it's it's a it seems like an easy task for a queen to be, versus all those things that they do every day, like put on these layers of makeup and weave and you know get these clothes and these attitudes and these ways you know they they're so hard to keep up with but, but the things the simplicity of what he's asking for and what he you know what he desires it, it just seems so easy to do and I don't understand why some women don't want that and I I'm trying to you know bond with a lot of sisters and see where it's coming from but I I can't base anything else other than it's coming from their attention toward all this media stuff. We've got to unplug because they, you know, I don't know too many women that know a man that could verbally, you know, reverberate what this brother just said or what you said previously about how you and your queen been together 15 years, y'all go through the ins and outs. You know, a lot of women are dealing with men that are verbally abusive. They don't even know how to show compassion or Say kind, loving words to them. Everything is like a rowdy, fussy thing in these relationships nowadays. I hear it, you know, while I'm at work in in the, uh, you know, I work in retail, so I'm seeing people coming in doing their daily stuff, and I'm hearing their daily conversations, how they communicate with one another, and it's um, it's really bad. We. We we really are out of touch with how to love. We we don't have that at all. We 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 don't have respect anymore. We we don't even know how to go out in public and not disrespect one another and argue and act a fool all in front of folks no more. You know. You know what? Uh, to add on to what you're saying is that you know 
our relationship is filled with so much hate because mm-hmm. we're not directing the hate that we really have inside of us at our proper enemy. And we both know that we have an enemy. A lot of times the black man and woman are walking around with that hate built up in them for this racist system that they do. So they understand the system that they're dealing in, but they are afraid to fight back because they know that fighting back or even having a similar to fighting back might take away what they consider as their livelihood. So with this always on your mind, this this causes you to have a burden where you always where you want to lash out, but the one you want to lash out on, you can't. And so the only one you lash out on is the one that you feel like loves you because they might be able to take what you want what you got to say and still deal with. So I think that one of the problems that we have as um, the black man and woman here in this wilderness is that we're not, we not really being honest with each other about what we're dealing with on a daily basis. You're and right. The brother was saying the communication, will, will, you know, just the things that are hurting us that we, that, that we can feel that people are attacking us on a regular basis. And I think that one of the things we have to do is just fortify each other and make us feel good about fighting some of these fights that attack us on a daily basis. I think that we fought together a little bit more, you know, as as uh, the black man one, you know, you get together and you fight together. Find something that you know somebody's doing you wrong, the A-Rab gave you the wrong change or some shit, something, anything, small, just, just start with the small stuff. Yeah. And y'all stand together one. Yeah. Or you, and she watched you have her back. And you watch her have your back, you know what I'm saying? Y'all stand together. And when y'all win, y'all going to feel good. You're going to feel good after that. You're going to feel like y'all can do something together. You're going to feel like women. You're going to feel like y'all can be able to see other things. But that's some things I think that we should do is just do some things that encourages us to stand for one another. That's right. You read my mind. Excuse me. The key thing to reflect on is that we're all different and we come from all different uh, upbringings and, 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 and situations. So, you know, we have those of us that are street, that come from a street background. You have those of us that are what they would say, you know, and I, I hate to have to use these words and terms because these are uh, cracker terms to point the fingers at us, those that they say that are rowdy or whatnot, or I hate to hear women use this term, I'm a bad bitch. I can't stand that shit. I don't want a bad bitch. You know what I'm saying? What What can I build with a bad bitch? And I see this being used a lot. I'm this, I'm that, I'm a bad bitch, I'm a boss bitch. I don't care about you being a boss bitch. The fact that you refer to yourself as a bitch is a turn off to me. I don't need a female dog. I don't sleep with animals. That's some European shit. I see the white woman as being a bitch. So, you know, uh, I'm going to go with Dr. Khaled Abdul-Muhammad, you know what I'm saying, on his, on his speech uh, that the white woman is a bitch. So, you know, when women call themselves that, it takes me back to that. And if a woman refers to herself as such, then automatically off the back, I don't want to build with you. Even if you are African and you are my sister, I will... First thing I would do is try to talk to you and try to give you the resources to help yourself. I can't force you to do anything. I can't. We have to realize that we can't change people with words. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just not going to happen. Um, 
there are those that you can talk to with words and try to wake them up, but then they have to help themselves. Uh, a lot of women choose relationships where they say, um, well, this man's really, really sweet or whatnot. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, any woman would be lucky to have you because you're so sweet, but you're just not what I want. Now, the woman that says that usually ends up with the so-called street guy, and he's going to be verbally abusive. He's going to be physically abusive. He doesn't really see anything in you that he wants to grow with. He's just there with you because you're convenient for him at the time. And a lot of people end up falling in love with that. And some women might have had, you know what I'm saying, a good man. A good man is going to be hard. He's going to be that warrior king. But you are looking at him being hard in the wrong aspect, in the wrong way, because that warrior king knows that if I love this woman, then I'm going to create a family with this woman. And therefore, at that point, I have to provide for and defend and make sure that the future of the generation that I'm looking for to grow with this woman is what I'm going to defend and put my life on the line for. Now, I can look at that as being hard because they're going to work together to build that empire together, and they're going to defend that just like a kingdom. You know what I'm saying? There will be no outside invaders coming in threatening what I have built or attacking my family or my wife or my children or anything of that nature that I'm going to stand on the front line for this. I'm going to die for this to make sure that what I have created is stable and that they're going to be all right. That's hard right there. You don't find many men that are willing to do that. You know what I'm saying? So you got to really draw a line of separation on what's hard. Anybody can say that they're from anywhere. Anybody can be crip or black, gangster, disciple, vice, lord. I don't care how many guns you got, how many triggers you done pulled, how many people you, you killed, and how much ass you can kick. That don't make you a man. So we got to look at what really makes a man and what really makes a black woman? And I think that was brought up on the last uh, show when we were going over that. This is also something that is key importance. Um, I've heard young men um, use this statement because I don't like uh, calling us boys or using that term. Uh, that's something else we got to stop doing. Stop referring to our people as boys because that was a racial term used against us by the crackers. So let's call them young men. Um, a lot of young men grow up thinking that after the fact that when they can shoot cum out of their penis and, and, and lay down with a woman and give birth to life, that that makes them a man. Or if you've been locked up, you know what I'm saying, or you just got out from behind the walls, that that makes you a man. Or because you've put in this much work in the street, that that makes you a man. Or because you got, you know, a little nine to five, whatever, that, that makes you a man. None of these things makes you a man. You have to realize that. That's first and foremost. Get in touch with what it really means to be a man. And once you can do that, you can move forward and progress not only to procreate, but also to help yourself. That's it. The lines is open again. The lines is open. I see y'all out there. I see the family oh. out there. Biggity back power, brother. Hey, Rube. That's keeping it 100. If I uh, may be privileged, I would like to, uh, you know, engage in this dialogue because I think I'm uh, a victim of this type of uh, mentality that's been going on. 
I like to say that, first off, I'm not an uh, individual whose words should be taken in regards to building a relationship, so I'm going to keep it in, in the context of general. Whenever you look at European standards, one of the things they put in place is social and behavioral sciences. The thing that African people shouldn't take from this is, in white society, we are allowed certain behaviors and certain behaviors we're not allowed. The question that we should be asking, and the Hayward was, uh, uh, I think, illustrating what these created personalities have been placed within us. Why are certain behaviors accepted from us in white society and other behaviors? Either there's no explanation for it, or it's just it's innately a black thing. What is the social makeup of an organization that maintains any family? A cohesive relationship between male and female. Why is it a necessity that the behavior of the black man or woman not allow that? Who benefits from this? Amos Wilson said the black man and woman in America should always look at themselves as being wrapped in the Skinner theory. When you study the Skinner theory, it's a form of psychology with this cracker came up with. They said that you could manipulate behavior to reward and punishment. And he put these motherfucking rats in the box. And if the rats didn't act or behave in a certain way or have a certain attitude or a certain behavior that the the uh, experiment is wanted, he wouldn't get fooled. It wouldn't get fooled. It would get zapped or whatever. And to some extent, that's exactly what's going on right now with us in regards to us being in the Skinner box, in this concrete jungle, being that the European controls our food, our water, our housing. He dictates policy on behavior. Act a certain way, nigga, you get food. Act a certain way, nigga, you'll get money. Money needed for what? For jobs. Jobs needed for what? To keep your way of life intact. Right? The first time in human history has this been, you know, in human history it's been done, but never has it been refined as it has been in the past 300 years under European domination. Now, if the European also controls when your behavior and how you orientate yourself for food and water, he also controls your orientation regarding how you, how you relate to your opposite sex. Instead of looking at an individual fashion, we have to also look at it. Why is it that a generation and generations of blacks, male and female, have been subjected and happened to be disorganized or to be in a dysfunctional family? I say it must be it must be a factor in, in, in order for white society to function. So there has to be movies that must portray this. That must always, right? I sat in the class the other day, Tuesday, a linguist class. And even within a linguist class, I'm talking about Native Americans. Every aspect of white society must indulge in racism. They bring up AAE. No, no, uh, what was it? Yeah, yeah, AAE. Anybody ever heard of AAE? African American English. So these crackers have created a, 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 a curriculum. And which other crackers are eating are studying how Negroes in America talk broken English. 
So I'm not only moving on crowd, I'm listening. I want to hear how they view us. So to be, to give you a picture of how fucked up the system is, the teacher is Swiss. She's from Croatia. Originally from Swiss, speaks Spanish, married to, you know, a Puerto Rican, right? So she, being that she's not even in America, she's lost, even though she got a doctorate degree on the context. So I'm listening to the classmates because they can only get a feedback. Uh, ghetto, poverty, right? How did this come with the, the context of Negroes speaking broken English? When you look at slavery, or slavery. When you look at the plantation, that was the first controlled experiment. You had three forms of motherfuckers. On, on, you had what? The white elite. You never even seen the motherfucking slave quarters. You had poor white trash who did all the motherfucking dirty work for the elite crackers. And then you had the niggas, the us, the slaves. We got our broken English from them. Now, why am I bringing that up? Because even in that motherfucking that first experiment, the law came into being two Negroes can live in the same household, but they cannot get married. Why? Because the children belong to master. This is fucking 2015. How many families, how many households, were the black man and woman, they should, being that they would be victims of the crackers legal system, wouldn't want to be legally responsible for another art. And even if they don't know, they subconsciously subject themselves to the reality that even if they have kids, they belong to masters, right? They got to be born in masters. They have to have masters. They don't care. They have to have masters. School systems, they have to have masters approval for this, masters for that. So to some aspects, we've brought into the system of signing our kids over to a system that never was in place to represent us in the first place. That's the reality of us being in America, What's, other, what's the other disreality? Which I was speaking of earlier, the fantasy of not if you're not if you're not living the reality of your history out in actuality, that means you're living in the reality of fantasy, and that fantasy can't be disrupted. Meaning, you cannot awaken me from this fantasy dream, nigga. Mm-hmm. Any since any sign you show me of reality that's gonna remind me of the pain and suffering that I have. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> this is the mentality of the black man and the female. I'm going to pass it. All right. I'm going to go in on something that I always go to. Um, and the ISIS papers was brought to me as a young man. I think I was about 15, 16. One of the OGs, uh, one of my OG homeboys from Harlem came to me with this book, the ISIS papers, and told me to look at this diagram. The diagram is from Francis Cress Wells seeing the ISIS papers. It's on page three. It says the uh, ideology. And I'm going to put this out there to show you that the separation between a black man and a black woman was a design plan for uh, uh, annihilation, genetic annihilation. It says uh, the dynamic causation of black teen pregnancy, teen impregnation, and other dependencies of a deprivation syndrome. There's oppression, racism, uh, enforced low level of functioning for blacks and other non-whites, excessive environmental stress, the cycle establishment of of maintenance, expansion, and refinements, which then will lead to a specific system of necessity of unconscious and conscious. Blacks not supposed to function at the same levels as whites, lesser level standard for blacks. Blacks must become functional and inferiors an example. 
which will lead to an inappropriate and inadequate social system supports excessive stress, which leads to failed family functions and inadequate emotional supports for children and inadequate mothering and fathering an inferiorization of a dependency of deprivation, dependency and depression, uh, which will lead to a sexual obsession which will then break down the systems of immaturity, dependency, low level of frustration and tolerance, long, longing, despair, depression, suicide, other forms of mental illness, failed psychological development, failure to master adult male and female functioning, leading back to a sexual obsession which breaks down into a number of things such as failed self-sufficiency, the inability to be self-sustaining, which leads to jail for males, welfare for females, and breeding baby pimping for leaving. I mean for living. Studying and breeding. Teen pregnancy in females. Teen pregnancy teen impregnation for the male. The prostitution for male and female. The drug use addiction of selling drugs will then lead into alcoholism, school truancy. Uh, school failure, low achievement, no college as a standard, juvenile delinquency, assault and homicide, robbery, theft, and rape, uh, infant mortality, infant mobility, maternal uh, mortality, maternal mobility, and child abuse, immature and inadequate parenting from a mother and a father, which leads to next generation dependency, deprivation, contagion through generations welfareism and breeding baby pimping for a living, low-level or failed preparation for the job market, failed self-efficiency, which will lead to the jailism of the black male and a welfare system. Now, I try to look at this um, diagram here on a daily basis to tell myself that I will not become, you know, a victim of this uh sociological plan, you know what I'm saying, to keep me underneath a structure designed by our enemy. So, you know, if you don't have uh, Francis Press, uh, Well Sings, the ISIS Papers, the Keys to Color, uh, I advise for everybody to go out there, pick up that copy, and check out this diagram on ideology, which is on uh, the opening uh, entrance of the book on page three. And just, you know, look at the, the structured design that this wicked-ass beast came up with, you know what I'm saying, to put us in a social, uh, sociological environment that we're in on a daily basis. And then once you look at that, I know for me, um, I can't say that it will have the same effect on everybody else, but for me, just from looking at the structure, a design of this diagram, when I step outside and I look at uh, the area that, that I'm in, or it no, doesn't matter where I'm at, I see the sociological design of this structure here. Uh, you might just see houses and trees, but for me, I just see a well-thought-of strategy, and I look at everything as being the rat in the box and us being the rats, and I look at everything and the way that it's set up and designed, and I look at the poisons that they drop into it, then I look at the research. I put myself in, in, in the mind of the scientist. Well, what is the excuse me? What is the end result from all these things that are introduced into our environment? Then I look at the people. When I look at the people, 
specifically the the black woman and black man. I look at the conditions that they're living in. I look at uh, how they deal with each other on a daily basis. I look at their children. I look at the mental state of their children, how they react with each other on a daily basis. And all of this led me to seeing the separation between the black man and the black woman. So it's not just um, me going out, yelling out what you may call rhetoric uh, due to bad relationships attempts. It goes beyond my personal relationship. This goes uh, between my 34 years of being on the planet of observing how the black man and black woman deals with each other based on the way that, you know, I've lived my life. So I just wanted to put that out there for the family. We can continue to build on. Oh, all right, I'll share it. You know, here we go. But that was a, a very good point, and it was very interesting uh, a point Brother Minkerod had put in early, you know, um, to see who at the end of the day is uh, gaining from our um, continual, you know, uh, downfall or continual oppression. I'm not, I'm not going to say, you know, uh, you know I, I know we're rising up now, right now, but, you know, as, as seeing how it's going down over, who is the game for um, our situation, you know, and that was very interesting also when he spoke on about the marriages inside of the community where there's men and women who are together, want to be married, even if it's under the guise of what they legally call married, but, you know, it's just because of the either one, we taught not to marry each other, or two, not to be wrangled into any type of legal, um, you know, binding, but dealing with the court system with uh, how you are to, how, who, or, or, or how you express how you, um, you know, you want to be with one, uh, you know, um, in a married state. And, you know, one thing we got to understand is that the European has mastered the art of adultery. In many factions of black families in America, shit, many factions of motherfuckers throughout the world are victims of that. They got to cross it. The role of the bastard as a factor in history. We understand that. We understand that the European has made it their the Europeans have made it their business to know the interaction relationship between a black man and a woman. And slavery. You know, so why would we assume that it don't exist now? They don't have to be as subtle in any face as it was in slavery. And obvious. But by them taking note and experience through learning something to us from slavery, they still know how to hit us in certain areas where it hurts, right? The world of schools is that main element at a young age. Worse now than ever because now you have this new working age, this new uh, dual family working age, where you have both, but both, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about a European criteria, because remember, even when we look out our window, we're looking at it through the paradigm of a European's eyes. 
So everything in terms of what's making it is in terms of what Europeans is making it. And the average European is two paychecks to be homeless. So let's put this in the context. You see what I'm saying? The role of movies, motherfucking, uh, we 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 have we, we know more about the European household than any other faction, really. Because okay, slavery existed, you know, black slavery existed all throughout the world. But in America, we learned because we were under the worst crackers, the crackers who Europe even didn't want. Mm-hmm. So it's important to that is that yeah. On one hand, he was a he was a primitive nigga who you know get your nuts cut off. And, and all this, but the black women were still suitable to breastfeed cracker children. Very important to look at. Maybe everything he hates about you, he hates about himself. <laughs> One very important thing that, uh, not, to, uh, not to catch you off, go ahead and finish, Fanny. When you're done, then I'll ask my question. I didn't know you wasn't finished. Go ahead, Fanny. I'm good. Go ahead. I was just going to say that there's one important question that I really wanted to hear the answer to, um, and I heard it from 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 a monumental goddess. But um, I want to hear it from a large collective of queens that may or may not be on the line or may not be logged in. Is uh, what is it that the black woman? in this time, day, and age wants from the black man? What is it that us as black men are not providing for you? Uh, What is it that us as black men that you find to be so much of a flaw to where you have just turned your back on us as black men? And a lot have gone on some self-empowerment of saying that I can get it all on my own, that I don't need a man, because that's opening the door to white sex of uh, creating the lesbian, of uh, masculating the woman. Uh, If a woman doesn't need a man, then what are you going to procreate with? How are you going to build and develop a family? How are you going to carry on the motherly duties of being a mother without the man. Are you going to go and buy some semen and have it turkey-based in you and just have a child and live your life out with just the mother raising the child in that way and then you raise the child to be in a state of not having a father since so many of us has failed and so many of us have been fuck-ups in that nature to where they figure, well, to just lay down and do it naturally and end up in the same situation that this way is more suitable for you. Um, This is a false reality. So I really need to hear from the hearts and the souls of the black woman at this point, and I'm not hearing that. And when we don't hear that, if the sisters are listening, it's going to seem like we are coming from a one-sided argument almost as if we're, like, blaming black women for all these things, and that's not the point. So I'm going to say it again. The only way that we're going to be able to bring a solution is to have the sisters and the brothers call in and share with us, you know what I'm saying, the problems that you see or the problems that you're going through, even if you're in a relationship or if you're married, 
put it on the line, but we're not asking you to put it on the line to where it's going to create an argument and a division between you and your wife or, or, or the king and the queen. That's why we said leave all uh, emotions at the door. If you are in a relationship and you don't feel, or right now you feel that if you say a certain thing that the queen is going to react and it's going to create a division between you and your queen, this is why we are, are having this conversation because it shouldn't come down to that. We should be able to have uh, to talk with each other on 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 a basis, and no matter what the subject or what the topic is, uh, the thing is we deal with emotions too much. I think we become a little bit too emotional and are too quick to react. Um, the black man needs to realize that when a woman says something to you or comments on you, uh, a lot of the times it's not to tear you down. Um, a lot of the times just to rebuild you. Uh, like the brother Minkara says something all the time that sticks with me where he says a man is only heightened to the to the level of the woman that he associates himself with, and that's real. Because if you look at the woman that the king chooses to associate himself with, if the woman is that of a great standard and she is that of a true queen in all essence, then everything that he puts into that woman is only going to better him, and what they put into each other is only going to produce good things. So if you have the complete opposite on both ends, then the end result is going to be that of what was put into it from both sides, and your end result is going to be just that. So the only way that we can provide a, a solution from this to stop happening is to sit down with each other and put it out there. And unfortunately, it's not happening on the scale that I would like to happen on, but that just means I have to do more work. So like I said, this won't be um, this won't be our final uh, episode dealing with this. Uh, we're going to try to keep dealing with this issue until we see a change in the relationship between black men and black women as a whole now that could take a lifetime or it's really up to the people when you get tired of the situation and you get tired of shaky you know uh unnatural relationships when you step outside of that matrix when you unplug yourself and you put all that shit down and you're able to ground yourself and ground your energy as a human being and get in touch with yourself and get in touch with all things living and, you know, tap into the true uh, course of spirituality, then we can create change. But it has to be wanted by the people. We can't force it upon you. So, you know, because we have this love and devotion for our people, we want to see the conditions and the mental conditions of the black man and the black woman change. Now, we can't go to your house, uh, kick in your doors, drag all black men and black women out, take you somewhere, put some uh, bucket on your head and brainwash you. You know what I'm saying? If it was that easy, you know, we would have done it a long time ago. But that's not going to give us an end result. So it starts with you. It starts with you to look in yourself, ask yourself, what poisons and what ills through over a long course of period of time, and if you have knowledge of self, then you know the actions that has taken place and what was put upon us that leads us to the mental conditioning that we are in now, right now in this day and age. As long as you can identify with that, this is why we are so hard that our people learn the truth about themselves and learn real history and not a crack of Europeans' his story. You know what I'm saying? Because if you know the truth within yourself and you know the greatness of that of which your ancestors laid the foundation out for you, that you would strive to do everything within your heart and the genetics 
and the blood pumping through your body to see your people return to that state and not further fall away from that state and become exactly the definition of what white supremacy says that us as an African is. We are not a bunch of fucking ignorant niggas, and I refuse to accept that. But as long as you fulfill whatever it is that the cracker beast points his finger out to you and gives you a definition of if you are part of that problem and you continue to be stagnant, and you are going to be that fungus among us that grows to prove to the world that this is what we are, then you know what? It's fucked up to say within the heart, I still love you as a black individual, but I got to part ways and deal with those that is grounded and walk on the same ground within the same motion that stand for the same fight of seeing our people return to greatness. And that's it, yo. And this is the key thing, the black woman, the black man and child. This has been in place since the beginning of our existence on this planet. Us as being melanated beings, as being carbonate beings, if you look at a set, a saw, and Horus. Black goddess, black god, black child. This is the original trinity. The trinity that which Europeans have stole from us, created a religion, and sold to you. And you will fight tooth and nail and the skin on your teeth for what the European is giving you, which came from your own ancestors. And we bring you the truth on what the balance is for us as Africans to exist and get back to our greatness and know that we are greater than the evils that we fight upon this world is the black man, black woman, and black child. I can't sit here and take a sledgehammer and knock that into your head to get you to understand that shit enough. But you'll take Cracker Mary, Cracker Jesus, and Cracker Joseph, who never existed, who the only way that they exist is through the manipulation of man giving you something to believe in, to create and give life to something that never existed. And then the people that tell you that they are these characters are all homosexuals within the reality. So if you are following something that doesn't exist, giving life to that that is death, giving life to people who are taking on these images of reality that don't promote life, that promote death. See, the European is a creator of death. We as Africans are creators of life. We create things. If you look at our ancestors till now, we are the world's greatest creators. Without us, the world would be barren, and there wouldn't be shit here. Life would be boring. All the cracker does is create death. He is a war machine, a war tool. The only thing that he has built up inside of him is aggression and anger, and he is functioning only on death. That is not life. They are not that of nature. If nature is life, the anti-nature is the cockazoid, which is death. So we have to understand this. Anything that the cracker uses or puts into a position of propaganda is never going to be anything that is good for us. It will never lead us anywhere. We will not be able to move forward and do anything because this whole design and structure for us is death. And if the onk is the key of life, meaning that it takes a man and a woman to create life, then he is going to give you the cross, which is two penises, which will only slam against each other, which will never be able to create life, which is a sword reflecting from Constantine, Alexander the Greek, and Ptolemy, and the whole Greco-European empire. If that's what you put in your spiritual energy to, then you're only going to give life to 
to that of which is death, which is not going to promote or move us together as a people any forward. It's only going to continue to draw the wedge between us and separation. So right now, if you give a shit about the black, excuse me, the black man, the black woman, and the black child, Throw everything away out of your life that is poison that was given to you by that that is the creator of death and replace that with the truth of your ancestors, which gives life, which is the key of nature, which is life, which is to give, which is to reproduce, which is to create. Everybody needs to be a creator. All you have to do is step up and take on the job and put your foot forward and do it. That's it. Yeah? That's all I got to say. Black power. Black power, I say. Peace, are we still on the air? Some of the family members might have muted their lines, so like uh, it'll go blank for a minute until they unmute themselves. But uh, the lines is open. Family members, feel free to add on. Bring anything you would like to bring to the table, whether if it's uh, against or for it. Uh, we value all opinions here. The line is open. It's up to the people now. Yo, 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 Black Power family. Black Power. Well, I'm at the slave, man. I can't really, you know, I just wanted to say I say to Brother Hey Rue, he was going in, brother. Uh, right. Shit, I feel you 1,000%. Shit. I, 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 I second that announcement, you dig? I cannot like go to... against anything the brother said. I'm sorry, my queen. But uh, Black Power family, I'm back at the slave, man. I'll I just be laying black in the shadows. The mic is open to you, queen. Well, I, was just, I just wanted to add that... Um, I, I know you want those questions answered, but I'm going to be honest with you. I have, you know, I've always been down for the black man. Uh, it started from when my mama was convinced, trying to convince me when they broke up, her and my father, that the black man, you know, he ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? So my whole life I've been saying, yes, we, yes, they are. So I've always been the homegirl that was down for my brothers. I've always been the the queen that was down for her king, you know, that's always been my objective, but I know that I've always wanted and helped, if I wasn't getting, I helped to my king build on, you know, on this. I always wanted honesty, and I've always wanted openness in your feelings as far as us relating in the conversation, you know, don't stay closed-minded, always be open with you know, two sides of a story, you know, I've always wanted him to be healthy and make sure he stays healthy so he can be my protector. You know, don't don't go doing dumb stuff to put my heart in harm's way and me have to worry about you. Stay healthy and eat right and drink water, you know. I've always wanted um, my king to be brave, you know, be brave and don't back down to these situations that, you know, on my part, I have to be the one that you come home and vent to, you know, but don't back down to these things, you know, learn these lessons and stand up and be the, you know, upright, the king that you are. And 
as a queen, I think we, we need to start realizing more what the black man has to go through on a, you know, on a day-to-day running and, like, the machismo of being around other men, uh, working in the, on the plantation around these crackers, you know, dealing with Becky sweating him all day, um, dealing with, you know, other race men thinking they better than him and they stereotyping. When he come home, we have to be that open arm, you know, mother bird, just open arm and just hug and understand the trials that they have to go through to even be a black man in this society instead of nagging at them and telling them, well, you got to do this to be like this. You know, we don't know, what, you don't know what it is. I don't know what it is to be a man. So I've always been compassionate to what it is. I know it's totally different than being a black woman because I see it in the workplace. I've seen it in the schools and, you know, how different they treat our brothers. So we have to learn how to be more compassionate to y'all's feelings, but y'all also have to learn how to express your feelings. And I think, you know, in this Euro society, the white man, he always try to keep stuff militant and don't talk about how you feel. Don't cry, you know, don't let out your feelings. But that's absolutely absurd. That just builds up a lot of aggression, and that's what's wrong with our black men. They don't get to vent and express. So we want that from y'all. We want, uh, you know, sweet nothings in our ear on a limb, you know, just not when it's Valentine's Day or, if you, you know, or my birthday. You know, just Tuesday at 2.47, you know, January 22nd. You know, anytime, tell me you love me. Tell me how much I mean to you. You know, how much you honor me, how much you, you know, you appreciate me for what I'm doing for you. We want that. You know, we want um, you to contribute with the kids. You know, I don't want to just tell them what daddy can do or what Baba is able to do. I want you to show them, you know, take them and let them see. You know, this is why Mama bragging on me, because I do this. You know, we we need to be more bonded as far as the trilogy and the cipher. We, we all need to hug and love more if we have children and we're in a relationship. You know, we need to lower our voices. When we communicate and argue, we need to learn to not talk at people. We need to learn how to listen. I think black men need to learn how to listen a lot to their women because we are trying to show you things that we see that y'all don't see sometimes because you have to be so warrior-like. You miss some of the undertones of the racism we're going through. We want you to use your third eye more, you know. Think out the box. We want you to stop hanging with them homeboys if they ain't own nothing. Because, you know, birds of a feather, if they don't flock together, they're going to try to get you to fly a little to the left 
or you know, you ain't, you ain't, you know, you, you know what I'm saying, brother. Uh, if the brothers ain't doing right, that's on them. But you can't hang with them brothers unless you you got confidence that they confidence that they're ready to grow, and you can your teachings will make them, you know, help them grow. You know, you got to stay away from that trouble because it brings trouble. You might be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that leads to things. You know, we want um, we want stability and to know that, you know, you got your part in this walk we walking with you. You know, we want to be sure we can depend on you. And I just want brothers to know that I love y'all. I tell my brothers every day. It don't have to be. I, I love, I make, I, you know, I make sure I'm, my people love me every day. Somebody that's African, I make sure that I show and express my love to them. Be it a child, <clears throat> excuse me, an adult, you know, a teenager, I express that, and I need that every day because uh, we've lost it, and I know we still have it, and I know what what's masking it, and I just want us to unveil the mask because you know we. We we need to focus on what our ancestors have written on them beautiful stones and rocks over there. They laid they laid the foundation down and told us the stories, what to beware of, what this earth is about, what you are and what you're made of. And um the family needs to go back to that. We need to research and listen to our babas and read what our babas have instructed for us, like Dr. Amos and Dr. Ben. We need to read what they say and really focus on it and highlight things and discuss it with our children and our families. It's a serious thing. It's the reason why they studied hard and took the time out to learn the things so they can share it with us. And uh, that's all I wanted to say. We got a lot of calls on the line, so we need a lot to open. Tonight's open line tonight. We're dealing with relationships. That's the link. Oh, I believe that's just for me out there. Hopefully that is a beautiful holiday. Got a lot of callers on the line. Callers, make yourself known. Don't just listen. I'm quite sure you know that this is a serious issue. It not only affects us, it affects you as well. So, you know, take part in the initiative of uh, being a part of the solution in order to, you know, provide a strong solution on a fixation to, well, this is a step to the plate. Put your opinions out there, your thoughts, whether if you bought it, if you against it, so that we can uh, start, you know, getting this uh, foot laid down on this action of mending the separation between the black man and the black woman. Don't just sit back and air hustle, you know what I'm saying? Join in. Your, your, your thoughts is, we're looking for your thoughts and your opinions or, or your hurts or, or, or your pains or, or your joy and your happiness, whatever it is, you know. Step to the plate, put it on the line. Your mind is open.
And so one of the things that we do have in common is breaking those uh, chains of psychological slavery that are on us, uh, you know, that's been booked upon us uh, through the racist white supremacist uh, society. I think that was very important.
alter ego, such and such, or Monday I'm going to be this person, and, you know, throughout the week I'm going to be six different people. You know what I'm saying? That's not me. Uh, I have to be enough for you to where when you see me, I feel your heart and your whole body with joy. When I speak to you, the sound of my voice is that that you look forward to hearing at the start and the end of your day. No matter what my goals are or no matter what I'm building on to better myself, that you support that and you're behind that. And even if I have a bad day, that you're there for to, to be the consolier that I can sit down and consult with and know that no matter how I feel throughout that day, that it's going to be all right because we have each other and that our love and our bond and dedication to one another is stronger than any outside force that we'll go through on a daily basis. And if we don't have that amongst each other, then we don't have anything. You know what I'm saying? If I can't build trust with you and you can't build trust with me, and if we can't sit down and have a conversation, no matter what it is, even if you feel that I'm nagging you, or even if I feel that you're nagging me, if I can't set that aside and get to the meat and potatoes of it and work with each other to show that uh, we care enough for each other, that it's not just an infliction that's placed on one of us. This is something that is placed on both of us. So whatever affects you affects me. Whatever affects me affects you. And that we're going to work together as one in order to get through whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? That's the situation that I think is a big issue is that nobody wants to hustle and grind together anymore. Nobody wants to struggle with each other anymore. Everybody's chasing these relationships to where they feel that both sides or one side is better off and no matter what happens in the situation that you're just going to lean on one side to be able to fix the situation. See, when you do that, even if the woman or the man loves you, that's going to get old and it's going to part and go a separate ways because it's not being done on both ends. Both sides aren't coming together to provide a solution. That's one side mooching off another side, not caring about the end resulting effects because they're only thinking about self. So if that's the relationship that you're in, no matter what other small things around it that you find to be pleasing or self-satisfaction self -satisfaction to yourself, that's not going to last, and that's not going to produce uh, what you're looking for. And at the end of that relationship, you're going to have all these emotions, and you're going to go back to the mind state of saying men or women are shit. One thing that was told to me as a kid by uh, a godmother of mine uh, she told me that never try to understand a woman. She told me that I would spend my whole entire lifetime and I would die before I would understand a woman. And when she told me this shit, uh, I ate it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, why would she leave me wrong? This is somebody who's always been there. Her words have always been that of wisdom, and she's never really said anything wrong to me. Then she told me she said that, Realize that no matter how much time you put into a relationship or no matter how much you love a woman, 
that if a woman wants to go out and seek someone else, or no matter what it is that that woman wants to do, even if it hurts you, that at the end of the day, that woman's going to do whatever she wants to do, because if the cat itch, she got to scratch it. And I listened to that shit, and I ran with it. But what it did is that it developed something inside of my mind to look at the woman and say, okay, this is a woman. This, this, this is her good points. This is her high points. This is a woman at her higher self. This is a woman at her low points, uh, at her worst, and, and, and this is her lower self. And the thought that it gave me is that in order to have a relationship, that no matter what happens within that relationship, no matter how it makes you feel, even if you come home and you find either your wife, the queen, or whatever your relationship may be, girlfriend in bed with three or four dudes or three or four women or another man or another woman, that if you love her, that you're going to stand by and support that. And I actually ate that shit and accepted that shit. But that is not correct, and we cannot go off of that, even though some women and some men may do that, you know what I'm saying? And that might be like course of thought. If you take that and you run off that, if you have somebody that's an elder telling you that, put yourself in this scenario. Let's, re- let's redraw the, the picture on the canvas. You have this thought. Your woman or, or, or your man does that. You come home, you find them like that. Okay, you love them enough to forgive them for whatever it is, but let's say they catch something. All right, now you're going to go and lay down with them, so now your health is affected. So that means now you can't grow to that future because he put some type of bacteria or virus inside of the womb that's breaking down the womb but stopping from reproducing. So there's no grounds of even building a new relationship there because you have to clean up the poison if it's able to be cleaned up. That's if you're fortunate to get something that you can shake. You know what I'm saying? So I can't go off of that. Um, Something the brother said earlier about talking to people that's been in relationships 20, 30-plus years, um, I've done that, and I've got mixed reviews. Now, you might get positive information on one hand, but then on another hand, you might get something similar to the scenario that I just drew. When I go to people that are older that's been married for, for all these years, they just tell me this one thing. They say, you know what, if you love them, no matter what, you find a way and you work it out. So what that what that means to me is that if you love someone, no matter what they do, that your love is greater than whatever that they did and that based on that love that you can get over that. That doesn't work for me because I've realized uh, not only through music but through the course of time, and I go back to music because when you listen to oldies, you hear three things. You hear a man and you hear from a woman's perspective when they were in love, you hear the second thing, the situation and courses that happen to create pain and the breaking of love. And then nowadays, because the music has been changed, all you hear now is uh, a lot of begging and whining and I'll pay your bills and uh, I want three or four women or menage a trois, whatever it is. It's of an over-sexualized nature. Music is a law of vibration. Uh, we are carbonated beings, so we are filters. We intake energy and output energy. 
But at the same time, that energy has the power to create and control the way that we think if you are weak enough in mind to allow it to do so. So I try to stay focused on that, which is a point of love and a point of pain, because sometimes in order to understand love, you have to hurt, you know what I'm saying? But when love is one-sided, and you go in with that thought that an elder might have told you, as long as you love each other, no matter what, your love will outlast any situation that tries to break your apart. If love is one-sided, well, only one person feels that way. So that means that the other person that doesn't feel that way, once they know that that's how you think, they're going to do all the shit in the world and not give a fuck how you feel because they know that no matter what I do and no matter what I go out and be a dog or a hole, that at the end of the day, she's still going to love me. There's even a, uh, there, there's a song on it, too. I can't think of the name of it right now. But uh, in the song, the brother's singing that he'd rather have ten women he can say uh, that the, the least amount of women he could have is three. He breaks down a scenario. He say it's a fucked up thing that this is the way that I am, but I know that no matter what I do, she's going to love me until the day that she died, and that's a fucked up thing. But he don't care about how she feel about him because he has a sickness of chasing women. So that's a one-sided thing, and unfortunately, we have some sisters and some brothers that get caught up in these scenarios, and when these scenarios happen, it fucks up the relationship for the next man or the next woman because we carry the baggage from past relationships, and we take that out on people that it has nothing to do with, and this is something that we have to stop doing. Black man, black woman, stop lying to each other. That's number one. Uh, I know for me that if you lie to me about anything, no matter how small or how big it is, even if we're not talking to each other like that, that automatically shuts you out from me building any type of relationship with you. Because on that note, I know that if you'll lie to me about something small, then when it's something bigger, you'll always keep telling the same lie. So that means that there's no trust there. So that means for me to build a relationship with you is pointless because it's going to be based on lies. And you can only tell a million lies before you forget the first lie that you told, and you're going to get caught. So, you know, this is how I build on things, and this is probably why I'm in the condition that I'm in. But my current status and condition isn't what's important. I more so care about the overall situation of my brothers and sisters because this is just something that needs to stop. And the reason why I wanted multiple people to join in on this so that it's not just coming from me or it's not just coming from the panel or it's not just coming from the one sister because it needs to be told on a broad scale so that people can really have a real understanding of what's going on between us and our relationships. Now, I'm going to draw another example. The worst relationship that I've ever been in was with a woman who couldn't think for herself. It didn't matter it didn't matter what it was. This woman would have to call me to ask me almost as if should I put water in a pot to to should I boil water in a pot to cook rice. This is just an example. This really didn't happen, but it was like on the basis of that. And that was the most annoyingest thing to me to where I even had to tell her the sad thing about it is that you can't think for yourself, that you have to depend on somebody else to do simple daily things for you 
it would almost be as if you go to the bathroom and you use the toilet. You come out and you ask me, do I have to wash my hands and flush the toilet? You know what I'm saying? This is something that I know I didn't want to deal with. And whoever she's with now, if she hasn't changed or they haven't sat down with her to instill any self-confidence and values within herself, then she would still be the same way. Um, so this is just one scenario. I've been in another scenario in a relationship to where in the beginning everything is all good, you know what I'm saying? It feels like love, but after that early stage or whatever where she feels where everything that she's done in order to get you, you know what I'm saying, then the relationship completely turns. Everything stops. Uh, there is no communication. You can't talk to each other. There is no sensual time spent between the two people. Everything else and everybody else is more important. You let other people take advantage of you, and you don't realize that you're being taken advantage of because you have a good heart and you are a hearted person. So you put everything else before your relationship, not realizing that you are destroying the one person and one thing that has a connection to you that actually loves you, which means that I don't know if they cared or not, you know what I'm saying? But once it's over and it's gone, you know what I'm saying, you'll return to the state of being one of those women who says all men ain't shit and I can't find a good man. The thing is you had a good man, but you put everybody else and everything before it because you couldn't realize that this individual really loves your ass. Another thing that was brought up was that men don't speak and express their feelings. It is hard for us as a man. I can't speak for all men. I can speak for myself. It is hard for me as a man to express to a woman how I feel about her if I have feelings towards her when in a relationship because, like I said, past experiences and baggage let you know that, and I was also told this by elders coming up, that some man expresses to a woman how he really feels about her, at that point in time, your relationship will end. Because once a woman knows how you really feel about her, then she'll use that against you to hurt you. And like I said, I ate off that, and I still haven't seen a opposite effect of this because this has been a repeated pattern. Uh, almost as if, like, waking up in hell every day. Uh, I don't want to use the term hell. Hell don't exist. Some man-made created thing. But as religion puts out there that in hell you'll repeat the same thing over and over and over again. So for me in a relationship, I feel that way, that if I put my true self out there on the line and say this is what it is, this is how you make me feel, this is how I feel, uh, because I feel this way, uh, I have plans, and this is my plans for us in the long term. We're at this point now. This is where I would like to see us get to. Uh, and every day, you know what I'm saying, you'll cater to her to let her know in some type of way this is how you feel. That gets taken and treated as weakness or, oh, this nigga weak or, oh, this nigga that or the brother this, the brother that, this, that, second, and the third. But none of it gets taken into consideration as actual love, as if this man really loves me. I have not seen that yet from any woman that I've dealt with throughout my lifetime, 34 years, haven't experienced it. So, therefore, something needs to change. Now, I thought about it. Is it me? Is it something that I'm doing? I've analyzed myself. They tell you, check yourself. They say you attract what you are. So whatever you are is what you're going to get back. So therefore, 
I've adjusted myself so many times, and I still have not seen change. Um, recently, speaking to a sister, not even on a relationship type of building thing, but just building a relationship as brother and sister, the sister keeps telling me, you speak uh, so eloquently, and you speak within raising the black woman. The black woman is God, referring to her as, as a queen, giving her high praises. You are beautiful. This, that, second, and the third was taken as if, oh, you're just trying to get me in the bed. I'm not even thinking about you like that. I've never thought of getting in the bed with you at all. I'm just trying to let you know that as a black queen, that you are held on a higher level and a higher status from what the world tells you that you are. From on a daily basis, the situation and the reflection and definition that is placed upon you when given a label and pointed a finger that tells you that you are not. So I'm painting you and putting you in a proper position upon your throne and kneeling at your feet and giving you the respect of a black goddess, but you take that as if I want to get you in the bed. There's something wrong with that there. So what is wrong with our sisters today that they have these thoughts? Why is it that we have brothers that are out there that are throwing around the, the polygamy shit, you know what I'm saying, not holding to the true values of polygamy, but more so chasing the goal of polygamy because they see it as a chance to be able to have four pieces of a womb that they can lay down with. So it's like on Monday and Tuesday, I'm with Shorty. Wednesday and Thursday, I'm with this queen. Thursday and Friday, I'm with that queen. Saturday and Sunday is dedicated to her. But the whole foundation and principles of that of polygamy is going out the window. So it's no longer based on the fact to help a woman. It's no for to design and build and structure a civilization of greatness in mm -hmm. order to know that you have to treat all four wives the same. You can't treat one one way or the other. And it's more than just materialistic things. You have to love them the same. You have to treat them the same. You have to dedicate yourself to each one the same. It's not just, damn, I got this wife and I seen this sister yesterday and the sister was bad and she made my dick jump up and start dancing and singing Let's Fall in Love by the Isley Brothers and shit. You know what I'm saying? This is not the way shit works. But yet, this is the way that we've been mentally conditioned to think. This is fucked up. So for those that are into polygamy, I'm going to ask you a question. If it's okay for you to have four wives, you know what I'm saying? Why isn't it okay for your wife to have four husbands? Now, I know some women that say they don't want to share. I understand that. What about the man that doesn't want to share? You know what I'm saying? So you have men that want four wives not realizing that one of them queens that you have as a wife might not be comfortable with the fact that you're sharing. But you don't take that into consideration. You, a lot of you brothers don't even tell your wife that you're seeking a second wife and you done already laid down with the sister and everything, and you tell this sister one thing, you know what I'm saying, and you got her thinking one way, and then the shit hits the fan, and nobody knows about nobody but you having all the fun in the world swimming in her pool of creation and then going back and swimming in your wife's pools of creation. That's not polygamy. That's pure disrespect because you didn't have no respect for your wife when you went out and laid down with another woman and then you brought her filth back to your wife. This isn't polygamy. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things that we need to look at 
as far as being African? And is it just African by word of mouth, or are you actually practicing the traditions and teachings that our ancestors built upon this? Stop using and taking shit and redesigning it in order to cater to the sickness that white supremacy has put behind it to tell you that, okay, this is okay. It's okay for the cracker to do that shit. You know why? Because the cracker don't give a fuck about his children. The cracker sees the child as being a burden. He has no plans or desires to give any nurturing or any growth to his child, especially if he's in a high position of power and wealth because he sees his child as being a burden as something that's going to attack and want to take over his wealth. That's why you'll see the sick shit that happens within a white supremacist structure of a family. They don't have a family structure. Uh, I'm going to draw the line on that right there. I know this is going to add on a little more now. But okay, apparently your line is open. I see how all out there. If there's anything that y'all want to put in about relationships, um, anything that you'd like to add on about things that you, you know, you see with inside your own self as a black man or woman, that you think um, is something that as people, something that's been placed in us through our uh, oppression here, and something that we should, you know, lay out and, and think about a way to, uh, you know, boy, that fuckness uh, on our minds. All right, y'all, y'all don't, y'all don't be fine. Y'all see it out there. I see y'all out there. There's enough people out there. I know there's me, hey, Ruth, uh, the sister of my little goddess. I know we ain't the only ones who care about no black relations. No. Now, I hear Brother Mitchell out there, Brother Little out there, Black Power. Who is that? This is Sister Camille. I'm here. Camille out there. What's going on, Sister Camille? You sound sound like you've been drained, like you've been running around out there in the world all day. That too, you know, and also, you know, just stimulation. Mm -hmm. And um, just really listening intently to the conversation because I think. you know, I know I'm a work in progress, so how can I not uh, see that in my king? How can I not understand that? How can I not understand that there's going to be uh, behaviors and conditionings that have to do with, one, slavery still being in existence and its impact on us, and then that having to do with the environment that the men that I'm attracted to come from? You know, the same one I came from. And also, you know, the other um, influences of the cracker beast, you know. And I don't don't know if we really um, go in on that um, deep enough. I, I don't know. I don't know if we really take into consideration deeply how the way we see each other right now, today, and a lot of uh, what our expectations may be based upon 
I mean, our expectations are based upon the way we see each other, the, our understanding of how things should be, is that is due to our oppression. It's due to <laughs> who raised us. You know, a lot of the black couples that have been together for those uh, 30 years, which is a wonderful thing, have been together, though, under the union of the religions of perversion. I have it in my family. Right. I don't know anybody yet because this is new. I mean, I don't. <clears throat> I think sometimes we really miss what Brother Bourne, well, how I took what he said one time, that, you know, this is new, you know. Uh, uh, you know, we just coming out of this. So, you know, I see myself as being like the first, not really first generation, because I know I had some aunts and uncles that changed their name back in the 70s, you know, was Black Power, name all the kids that way, and everybody followed suit on that level. Um, I had that kind of love, but they still had that basis of the Christianity. It was more, uh, even though, you know, they might have been rocking daishikis then and, and rocking the fro and all of that, they still had that underline of the Christianity kind of thing. They was more like Black Panthers. I don't see them really, even though some of them did give up all the concepts of religion and perversion and dealt with communism, that kind of thing. But I don't think, I'm sorry to delve off because that's what I'm doing, you know. But I just don't think that we have um, dug deeper into it. And <clears throat> as I said, how could we? Because this is new. You know, I will be, I guess, like the really first, uh, we are the first real African, I don't want to say real, but uh, uncompromisingly uh African-centered, and it's the beginning. And so, you know, the faults that we have and that we see in each other as an opposite sex, I, I, I try to keep in mind from my side of it that the king is affected the same way I am and that um, that conditioning also hit him uh, at a different angle than it hit me, just like there's things about it that hit me at a different angle than it hit him, and it, it comes out in weird times um, sometimes, you know. So that's where I'm at with it. And I found myself, I found it interesting that the first thing that I said was that I was looking for a thinking man, doing my own, uh, Dr. Amos Wilson on my own damn self, and some others I found it interesting, which I will not share at this moment by myself like that. But it's telling, you know. But I'm I'm also assuming, too, because I know what I'm naturally attracted to. I am naturally attracted to strong uh, African men. That's that's my thing. You know, round the way, brother. I love it, can't help it, don't want to help it. And the thing that I was have always been most attracted to was those type of brothers that I I used to call when I was a shorty, young and ghetto intelligence. You know, I liked that because I felt I had that same thing, you know, just that innate raw intelligence that even though we got conditionings that's in my behavior, like how I was mad materialistic at one time and did what I did, you know, uh, it was due to my conditioning. Just like how, on the opposite end, from my perspective, 
my brothers would definitely come through with the illish rods, knowing that that was what made sisters like me at the time and others stop. Huh. I could point them out without a damn problem. You know, you came through color-coordinated. Sister love that. Still love that today about a man. Is it a part of my environment? True indeed. Is that environment a result of me still being in slavery in this time period, under this reality of it? True indeed. So, it's going to be shit that's going to be fucked up about each other. There's going to be sisters that don't treat you right. That with time, I think that thing of trust um, comes about, you know, First thing for me, like I said, was thinking, man, but that's me presuming that everybody knows that I'm into what I'm into. So let me say a African warrior, that that strength, you know, how <clears throat> real brothers are, that it just comes off. It's attractive. Uh, of course, you know, you want, I'm looking if the brother's physically attractive. That's great, too. But I'm going to the next level. I'm talking about the first thing when you feel a little chemistry, you know. <clears throat> Y'all kicking it for a hot second. The next thing I'm going to is, is he a thinking brother? Do he got ghetto intelligence? Is this somebody I can build with? Because, you know, I, I need a thinking warrior. That's that's the only way I feel protected. You know, no disrespect. I, I, and, and it is no disrespect because all of the kings on this line fit that description. Let me just say that like that. But that's what I'm looking for, and as we grow, loyalty, I equate with love for me, you know. And I'm looking for that, and that will also bring forth that trust. But, shit, you know, we are flawed. We are damaged people. He may fuck up. I may fuck up. Ain't nothing perfect over here. And I saw somebody making a comment about somebody on Facebook putting a comment up there about sex. How's that black power? I mean, what we talking about? We are not. <laughs> we're just coming out. You know, we're, we're shit. I'm on, I won't even call myself a, 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 a bloom. I'm, I, I would dare to say I'm a seedling at this damn point. And that those coming behind me will flower. And, and bloom and pollinate, and we get this a BB48, maybe that then, or maybe during my time as a seedling. I don't know. But that's how I see myself, and, and that's how I see my king. And um, the rest of my people, you know my people. So I'm sorry for taking up all this time, but Black Power, BB48. Uh, you, know, you know you got the mic. But, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that you did, you know, hit off on was definitely our uh, looking at ourselves through the eyes of someone seeing our oppression that we always got to look, you know, when you're dealing with each other, you have to see that. And I'm telling you, through a lot of, it's only through the things that I've studied and, and understanding psychology to a minimal, you know, I'm still a neophyte, but understanding it somewhat and how it affects us and especially the effect that racism, white supremacy plays upon us. That's something that I know has kept my relationship together. Understand how damaged we are. So when we do things to each other that are, are you know, harmful or that hurt, you know what I mean, 
in the racism, white supremacy that, you know, causes the, the um, dealing with each other in a certain type of attitude. Because it normally that's what it is. It's normally not something that we, you know, that is, this is not what I meant for it to be. You know, what they say, you know, the, um, you know, this is not something that I intended for it to be. You know, a lot of times, they, you know, they say, oh, can go the road, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. But a lot of times, you do your intent on good or something, don't work out as you intended. And that's because we're not thinking it through our African mindset. So we should definitely uh, deal with each other with, with care for our um, psyche and how damaged we are psychologically. Ashay, I don't think it's wrong to want things or, or to place demands on on your king or you, your queen. But I do think there needs to be some understanding on a certain level. If those um, principles you hold dear are not met, you know, because you're not in love with yourself. You feel me? You you are in love with the opposite sex, uh, a person mentally who may not be where you are, who may have not read the books that you've read, or may have but not interpreted in the manner in which you have have yet to get there. You know, may she may have to read it uh, three times where you only had to read it one time to really get at the heart of what the master teacher was conveying. And I just, you know, I'm I'm trying to do that now. And I do want to say <clears throat> I'm surrounded. Well, I know one particular couple that I love dearly. They're definitely, I call them my Bonnie and Clyde on the opposite. Uh, they're straight hood. They got knowledge, you know, they're gaining knowledge of self. They understand um, that we're in a racist society. They're articulating that uh, now to their babies. They're they're seeing things in a different way, and more importantly, <clears throat> they didn't need the cracker beast piece of paper to make it real for them. And if this king is a real father, understanding he didn't have none of that to know his story and to see the kind of heart he got, you know, so. That like I I tell them all the time that that's how I know you are one of the chosen ones, you know. And the sister on her end, even though it's a different story, and to see how they've been together since they was teenagers, rocking it out. Like I said, straight hood. This this and and down, you know. This there are examples of that, and they're in the hood, and other babies who are not um, growing up with that or seeing that. Because he has a cousin who's now followed the same suit, but, but not taking nothing against the cousin. He done did that paperwork out of respect to the queen that he was with. That's what she demanded. That's what she wanted. And now they got a seat on the way. They're making it happen, you know. So there there are examples. You know, I just want the family to know out there. And when you see them, uh, Brother Bourne is an example of that. For example, just to throw you out there, um, we have to acknowledge that and um, praise that because, believe it or not, some shorty somewhere is watching that. And one of them is going to emulate it. That's just how odds work out. You know what I mean? Laws of probability. Somebody going to emulate. 
Black Power. Black Power. Black Power, man. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Black Power. Just wanted to add on to the fact that um, under no circumstances, you know, am I professing or claiming to be a relationship expert. So don't take that as as if, like, I know a lot of you might be like, well, who is this brother? You know what I'm saying? Who is he to say this? And who is he to say that? And you might completely disagree with me. For one, I never said that. I never made any claim that I was a relationship expert. Second, I never made any claim to that I was 100% right. The only thing that I'm making a claim to is that this is a serious issue. And the only way that we can put an end to this issue is to build with each other on stopping a lot of things and recreating black love between each other. That's all I'm saying. So there are those on the line that feel that way. You know, like I said, the line is open for you to throw it out there on the, on the table on the line like that. Or no matter what your thoughts or opinion is, I see that there are a lot of people here listening. You know what I'm saying? And and that's fine. We appreciate it. We're glad that you're here. But your participation, the energy that you put in, the voicing, whatever it is you want to put out there on the table, that vibration that you bring in at that energy will carry on and will circle the globe more times until you know until that energy is filtered through another carbon body and, and somebody else picks up that energy and walks that walk and puts that energy forward wherever their location or wherever the brothers and sisters are that are within that locale dealing with the same scenario. So, you know, we can spread this like wildfire by speaking on it and doing something about it, or we could treat it like something that, happens within a family situation or something ill that happens and we could do how white supremacy tells us and not say anything and not voice anything and try to keep it behind closed doors but realize you're not hurting yourself you're hurting those that didn't have the the platform or the opportunity such as now and, and future opportunities dealing on this topic to speak up and speak out about it so you know Whatever path that you choose to help deal with the separation between black man and black woman is up to you. You know what I'm saying? As I said before, I can't force you to do anything. It would just be nice if all those people that I could see that are sitting there listening, you know what I'm saying, step up to the plate and join in. So, well, I, what I'd like to say, black power to everyone on the line. I, I just joined in. This is Sister Kaba Nepti Unk. Peace to everybody. Peace to all of you. Good to hear you guys. I, I thought I'd chime in because it is um, your Think Tank Thursday, and I was just telling my, my friend, uh, Betty Elizabeth, who's also on the line with us, uh, I said, oh, well, you know, now no, there's no better time than now to call in because, you know, I just had some extra time, and she and I were running it, and I just got online, and then I said, oh, well, let me call in. So I'm at the end of everything. So I, I, haven't, I haven't been here to hear any of the, the, uh, the, the conversation that preceded my coming on the phone. So I just hate that I haven't because then I, I'd be in a better position to really just give a, you know, my assessment on it. 
But if I'm not, I heard what Sister Camille was saying just a little while ago, and of course, I'm in agreement with Sister Camille on on that. When it comes down to the black uh, black the relationship between the black woman and the black man, I the little bit that I did hear, you know, I don't know what context it was put in, you know, so don't don't quote me on any of that. But I do say that the things that she says were, were imperative, you know, it's imperative that people grasp that and and take a, a full understanding into that. Uh, and I won't take up your time because, I, like I said, I don't want to just, you know, take the dialogue somewhere completely different because I just chimed in. But, but peace to everyone, and I want to say black power. Black power, my sister Camille. Black power, my queen. It's always very, <laughs> and it's just wonderful to hear your voice. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, definitely. Well, sister, sister Copper, you came in right on, you know, right on time because you need time right on in because the topic for tonight is um, let's relate. We want to build better bonds between the black man and the black woman. So we just want to, you know, put on the line things that uh, we need to see within our own selves that uh, are keeping our relationships down or things that we see inside the black man that we might want or uh, our opposite, you know, that we might want to work on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Oh, that's what that's what it is, huh? Well, there's there's a lot of things that we can work on, you know. Uh, I mean, but you know, understanding it that matters, you know. Truth be told, it, it it definitely matters. You have to have a level of understanding between one and the other. You know, that's just uh, say, for instance, I am, um, and not to you know take it here, but we always wind up going there to religion. Just say, for instance, I'm in a relationship, and I'm all about black power and black nationalism and and the upliftment of our people as a whole. And then I'm married to a man who, in which when I went into this arrangement with him. Um, we both were blinded by, you know, religion and, and our upbringing. And then one comes into this awareness, you know, speaking of myself in particular, I come into this, this awareness of who I am. You know, I, I got in touch with self-identity and I begin to identify with who I am and, and began to tap into the energies that my ancestors have here for me. And But then... My spouse, on the other hand, who I've went into this union with, and we've grown together, you know, and we've, you know, they, you know the whole vow for better, for worse, you know, all of that kind of uh, white supremacist ideology, <laughs> I like to put it. Um, you have that person who's still tapped into the old way of doing things. You know, we can't get away from the traditional way of doing things, which is the way we've been brought up. So, when you end, when you're in a relationship and you have one person who's heightened their awareness and those chakras are way up high, and then you have this other person who's completely controlled mentally due to religion and white supremacist ideology, it's very difficult you know, to not have a wedge drawn between the two because it's there. You know, really and truly, it was there from the beginning because the way that it has been set up, it was set up, this whole marriage union, you know, the way in which they put it, it's, oh, you got to sign paper, you have to go before a church, you have to put your hand on a Bible and all this stuff. The way it was set up, it was set up to fail, you know, and, and, and so 
when you have that type of a situation where a black uh, um, two people of color are trying to come together as one in unison, they have to be able to think cognitively and consciously on the same level. You know, um, everybody's levels aren't going to be the same. We understand they're not going to reach those levels at the same time, but you, if you cannot get through to that person and they definitely aren't hearing you, it's very difficult to bring the two together when they're definitely looking at the world through different precepts, you know, their perceptions of, of what life is and what love is and what marriage is as a whole. It's completely different. So you're going to have um, miscommunication. That's why they say that like minds, you know, like minds need to kind of like be on that same path because you gotta get you gotta be with people who are or you know who have the same agendas as you and things of that regard because you're not gonna have that when you have say an indoctrinated Christian and one who is about self black self awareness you're just not gonna have it and truth be told you're gonna have the people on the outside pulling boats you know that you think you got a wedge now you wait until the people on the outside who are looking in and start to give their assessments on, oh, you know, you need to be in church. And then the other ones are like, oh, Lord, you need to get rid of that person. You know, they don't know who they are. You know, they're a slave. They're mentally dead. So it's, I mean, it's almost impossible to get those two people, you know, to see a common ground when they're both faced with so many different perceptions on what life and love is 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 supposed to be so, you know. I, I could definitely see why we have the state that we're in now, you know. And I'm telling you, religion is number one. You know, mm-hmm. it's at the top of the list. It's at the top of the list. It's keeping our people about. I hear my mom and my father was married. It would have been 50 years. We lost. We lost my father in December. And uh, December of last year, and had had he lived to February of this year, it was 50 years. Now, even though they stayed together, we have to look at the fact that they came up in the time when our people were fighting for equal rights, they were fighting for voting rights, they were fighting for equal human rights. They were just fighting for rights in particular. And so that caused them to be able to stay together in religion, the church and singing and all of that gave them something to look forward to because, of course, they tried to keep education from them. They tried to keep everything from them. They, You know, these are things that they were, they were restricted. You know, they, you can't learn in the same schools without children. And anyway, what you're learning has nothing to do with you anyway. So we have people who joined in union and they respected what the whole I, you know, the whole idea of what marriage was, but really and truly their idea of what marriage was was based on the perceptions that they saw on television every day. And those perceptions didn't idolize them, you know. They idolized white supremacy. So these are the lifestyles that they in turn pass down to their children and who passes it down to their children, and we're stuck in this paradigm. To this day, you know, and we want the sisters and we want the black man and black woman to come together as a whole. But we got to get rid of the things that are causing the main problems. 
You know, we have to be able to self-educate our children uh, as to know who they are and where they come from and that they do have a history. I was talking to a lady just the other day who specifically told me, oh, I can go back to my great-great-grandmother and and, um, and then my great-great-grandmother, but after that, I don't have a history. You know, when you hear someone 57 years old tells you this at, 50, at the age of 57, you know, you know, where, you know, you have so much you want to say, you know, and then she said, oh, well, I'm set in my ways, and, you know, my husband, <laughs> he's, a, he's somewhere else because he went and fought in the war, and he's going through post-traumatic stress disorder, and and so mm-hmm. we're we not together. Well, of course you're not together, you know, because you had all of these different things that call, that helped to, call, to pull you all apart. So in this day and time, we're going to have our sisters and our brothers completely at a dis at a disadvantage. They are completely at a disadvantage because for one, they don't know who they are. That be for the female and that be for the male. You know, they don't know who they are, where they come from, what they have. Everything that they think they have is based off a perception that they were given. You know? A perception that they Yeah, absolutely. Black power sister. Don't stop, keep it going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, 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 no. I just, you know, I was just trying to, trying to put that out there because I know that it's a part of, of what I saw coming up, even though my parents did, in fact, stay together, and I commend them for spending so much time together to keep, to, to, to keep me, my brother, and my sister at, you know, I don't, I don't neglect the fact that they raised us the way that they did, they raised us based on what it was they knew. You know, they gave us, uh, uh, they wanted to give us more than what they figured they had, which was really nothing because my mother told me the other day, she was like, oh, well, you know, living off of the land, my grandpapa, he never went to the store. If he did, he went to get a peck of salt because he grew all his food. I said, well, Ma, why do you? Why, well, why is it so hard for you to see that we should grow our own food today the same way your grandfather was doing mm-hmm. this when he went and took his land from him yeah. as, an, as an indigenous person to these lands? I mean, he was indigenous to these lands before they took his land and then threw him in a jail off up in northern Mississippi somewhere and then changed his name and then made it difficult for us to identify with the actual, with his actual lineage in, in regard to uh, of his indigenous, his, his, uh, his lineage to this land. They tried to make it difficult because they changed his name. You made him John Davis. You know, he had a name before that, you know, but she, she finds it difficult for me to say, well, we should grow our own food, but that's all she saw that her papa do, her grandpapa. She saw him do it, but today we need to go to Walmart and all of these different things. So, yeah, a wedge is going to be drawn because we have people coming up with different views on everything. Our people's minds are all over. They're, they're thinking yeah. all of the wrong things. They, you know, they're thinking... One is thinking, oh, you need to be in church. And my mother-in-law told me, oh, y'all, y'all, you, what, what's going on with y'all? Y'all need to go to church. Well, you know what? That was early. That was early in the marriage. She told me we needed to go to church. That's why we were causing so many problems. We were arguing and couldn't come together. Okay, well, you know what I did? And this was from years back. I went to church, got in the choir, became the president of the choir. And where was he? He wasn't in the church, but what did she have to say then? But I'm just saying, they used yeah. over and over and over again as if that is going to fix our problems. Well, really and truly, that's the root of the problem. 
you know. So mm-hmm. that talk to you guys. I just wanted to put that out there. I, you know, I go to running it and that, it'll be over. Black power. We thank you for coming in because, you know, you added on to to uh, the conversation that we were having, having already, and plus you, you uh, posted some of the things that people were saying. You went and you backed some of the things that we were already speaking on, so which means that we're having a consensus on some of the thoughts that we have. And also, like I said, you added on a, a lot of key points. Thank you very much. Absolutely, absolutely. And I want to say one more thing. I know I brought my sister in, um, Sister Elizabeth, um, which is the name that she, you know, she prefers to stick with that name. I told her, you want it? Keep it. It's okay. I know you by Elizabeth, but I just wanted to know Elizabeth based off what we were just talking about because it's funny that we would get on here and we're discussing this on this line with the brothers and the sisters because you and I just had a conversation, if I'm not mistaken, not even 30 minutes ago, where we were elaborating on the same exact thing because my sister here is also, uh, she's still married, but yet still her and her husband are not together, you know, um, and there's that wedge we talk about, you know, that causes the black woman and the black man to not be able to console the I'm just asking, was there anything that you'd like to elaborate on before we, you know, before they move forward? Sister Elizabeth? I'm learning. Late power. I'm learning. I'm still learning. That's my number one. Okay, so she said no thank you. She's learning, so it's all it's all good. We appreciate that. Too. I'm in a learning process right now. You know, I'm I'm trying to uh, research everything, so I'm just, I'm still learning right now, and I, I really appreciate you know listening to what you all had to say, and power to the people. Great power. I don't know what you want, but I'm learning. Thank you. We thank you for calling call Man's Black Power Sister. You know, and so that's that's for all of us. It's a learning process. That's what you know. Uh, like I like I was seeing there's people on the line who who call in. Well, that's one thing is that they a lot of people be new to the information and they just in a learning process. They they want to hear people talk openly. They haven't you know a lot of Africans haven't even heard Africans speak openly about anything. Mm-hmm. Open about anything. So when they hear an honest open conversation. They don't want to say that I'm being recorded. Somebody might catch me saying this honest shit. <laughs> Hold on, Boston and <laughs> With that being said, family, for the family members that maybe didn't catch it from the beginning, or family members that are new and this is the first time that you heard us on our show, if you could, uh, Brother B, could you give out the information to where? They can uh, have the link. They can go and uh, listen to the show again from beginning to end and also go through the archives of our uh, hundreds of shows that we have up. You know what I'm saying? And whatever you can get from any of our shows or any information that we've put out that helps you or that helps your family or that helps anyone move forward in the liberation as we like to say, a baby for for our people, you know what I'm saying, then all of our uh, hard work, time, and effort that we put into to liberate our people hasn't gone to waste. With that being said, yeah, you, know, you can catch us on, on TalkShoe.com, 
Um, your key words is feet on the ground. And that's our, you know, close to our common key words. Again, our feet on the ground. Dr. Tuesday, um, get looking to the archives. Like the brother said, we do have hundreds of shows. So, especially for like the queen said, you know, she just um, want to listen so she can get a grasp of what's being said. And, you know, if you new to some of this information or whatever, just listen to our archives. Um, you know, we ask you to listen to the and you go in there and get something good for yourself. It sounds like, hold up, man, it sounds like we got some black power. Out. Hold up. We oh, got like some. Him. We got like some some dark Vader thing going on here, man. Pick up with something. Excuse me, uh, you know, because we have open lines, we let the lines be open and everything, so, you know. Now, you know the Cracker Beast is freaky. Uh, Yeah. I like to just um, build on what the sister Kaba dropped because I like the angle at which she approached the topic. And, um, you know, as far as, you know, how um, I see our issue, um, I found a commonality in um, the the information, you know, the the, the way her, her, her perspective on this, um, based upon clearly her studying, um, manifested and one of the things that when you you hit um, on how you know dealing with marriage and mm-hmm. that is from the cracker beast perspective when you think about it if, if we want to get real mm-hmm. the fact is you do have to go to the cracker beast to say that legally technically uh, you have a union between you and your king and mm-hmm. outside of his approval with that piece of paper it don't That's really right. exist, though many states have common law, which is after seven years, you mm-hmm. know, you, you, you can be considered married, but there could be some complications if you were taken out early, either one, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you had a family member, um, uh, you know, uh, immediate family member or a child that wanted to, you know, contest the, your uh, quote-unquote common law marriage. So I find it's interesting because, you know, again, Krakowicz at the end of the day in control of, or we we need his the Krakowicz permission to legitimize our union, and and I don't know where, where that's African at. Huh. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You back with that noise, whoever that is. Somebody, somebody just came on wire. You got a TV yeah, in the background. Yeah, I hear all that. I hear all that. Stop me from hearing the system. Yeah, yeah you got a TV in your plane in your background. If not, I'm going to just go through and you hey, my line and open your lines back up. But we can hear your television. So, um, thank you very much. Uh, going to do off my train of thought coming in. Uh, just, hmm. I was going to speak to what Sister Camille said, but my train of thought went on. So if somebody want to add on real quick, I'll, I'll get back to my train of thought in a second. Like
Camille. Sister Camille, you you were saying that they basically have to go to uh, the white man in order to legitimize their marriage. That was, you know, that's profound because it is exactly what it is. We don't feel the belief that we have a union with our man. And if, and if we don't feel to believe that we can create a union with our mate, our, our mate based off other than having to go through their way, then how can we really feel anything? I can remember back when, you know, my husband, you know, I've been married now 17 years, and I can remember back when my husband was saying to me, Oh well, well he wasn't my husband at the time, but he was saying, "Well, this isn't going to be right until we get married," you know. And and I'm 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 saying I'm the same. I was feeling the same way because you know I don't I grew up with my mother and my father, so I grew up feeling like you're supposed to get married and you're supposed to do all of these things. So, but that even that you know was not right because if we had this connection, you know this connection that said that we were going to be together and we were going to create what, what, what is the Holy Trinity, man, woman, child, if we failed to believe we were going to do that, why did we need anything to be legitimized through the white man and his paperwork and his church system and his Bible and his scriptures and, and, and all of these other things? We should not have had to, to, we should not have to do anything based off what he thinks. But yet and still, that is the way that people see it. They they get all spruced up and ready to have a wedding, to go in front of a church, in front of an altar, not understanding anything about that whole setup. But yet and still, this is the only way they feel as if it's right, it's perfect, you know, right, what's right, you know, what's right and what's wrong. Well, mm-hmm. what's the difference? I mean, I get married to you one day and we go in front of this big church and then the next day, you know, Either you go out and, you know, be in an adulterous relationship or you pretty much start lusting some other woman or the woman start lusting another man. What's the difference? You know, so that right then and there, that right and wrong shit go out the door. I mean, excuse my French, but I'm just saying. It goes right out of the door. So why do you think that standing up at an altar and saying, oh, I do, and you put your hands up, and I pray to God, and all of this other kind of stuff is supposed to legitimize your positioning with your this this other person, this other being, sentient being, in whom which you feel this connection with this energy, you know, this energy, that nothing changes that, the feeling, that energy that you have, nothing changes that. So if it's there already, what in the world do you need to write anything down for? But that is because we are under this law. And we are definitely in a situation where we have the flesh man against the spirit man. You know, this is what we're living in today. You know, people don't understand anything about flesh and spirit unless it has anything to do with what the Bible's telling them. You know, so that's that right there. I'm telling y'all, that's my world, hmm? The world that I live in is, you know, is not one that that's ideal, you know, especially based off how I was raised. But, but I will say this, and I'll close out, I will say this. 
what I've learned thus far since then has definitely given me a better awakening, a, a better, put me in a better position to make sure that my daughters know and understand exactly their place in divinity. So I'll just go on that black power to everyone. Black power. Well, I wanted to add on to the point of um, the, the Christianity and just the the, uh, the service of marriage. The things that go along with it, you know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not to tell you. I never. Uh, I don't want to go along with tradition. You know, you try to find some different ways. And like, well, what's the African way? And you know, you want to still. You know, you still live in this world right here. So you, you want to be in, but you want to be out with things hmm. like that. So, you know, I put the queen a, a ring, right? It's it, but it's, a, it's made of wood. It's like the type painting of the wood. Like, so I ain't never seen that like that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get something. I, I get you some type painting of the wood and natural shit, right? But um, going to the church, I want to hit on that point, is if you have a marriage under a homosexual deity, then I believe that if you're African, then the marriage is null and void anyway. That's why a lot of marriages don't work. Because of the energy that the marriage is up under, you know, you coming up under a, a, a homosexual uh, uh, energy, and so this is going to automatically lead to a deviant type of uh, behavior with inside of the marriage. The marriage is not based on um, something that is is uh, a proper family construct. It's based on Father, Son, and the Holy and the Holy Pigeon. So when you're dealing with that. You're going to definitely have something that's not going to be um, worthwhile of African virtue, nor have African morality, spiritual spirituality, nor African gold. You know what I mean? Because uh, when you're dealing in that mannerism, you don't have a history to go back to that's worthwhile. And so you can't move forward properly in the context of who you are as a being here. That we're trapped up in is the it's just a construct of, uh, you know, of, of the white man putting us as uh, creatures to be just you. And so we're going to look at ourselves as beings to, 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 um, that are here to sustain the planet. We look at ourselves as beasts of burden because it's the context that the, the white man has, has put us up under. So this is the reason we feel like we must go to that altar to get taxed because it's beasts of burden. They need to know anytime you do anything and big black. And that you're making babies because babies is product. So, they, so if you get together and, and produce a product, they want in. And that's how I see the marriage uh, this way. Uh, comment on that, family. From my perspective, it's oil and water, and we know oil and water don't mix. So. If you stand on a structure of African spirituality and culture and your counterpart stands on that of being European, uh, one of the European uh, Abrahamic religions, there's always going to be a clash there because uh, a lot of what people look at the system of marriage that was given to us by the European, as it's not just a binding uh, relationship between the man and the woman is looked as nowadays as if it's one family marrying another family. So 
the relationship isn't based between the two people that's supposed to be in love with each other. So when you have the family marrying into the family, you have all these outside influences that is going to set the relationship up for disaster, especially when you're coming from an African background because everything that they hold as the structure of their family dealing with spirituality for them, the Abrahamic religions of perversion or whatnot, there's always going to be a clash because they're going to be setting their ways behind their religious principles, and we're going to be setting our ways on what we feel is, you know, more suitable for us, you know, everything being African-structured, eliminating all influences and propaganda from the uh, white supremacist source. So unless the two people building with each other can walk through the courses of their history, you know what I'm saying, and clarify things that are actual versus things that are man-made and have an understanding to apply the African concepts and eliminate the Euro-beast uh, concept of, of what religion is, then there's never going to be that smooth structure or flow of a balance between man, woman, and family because you have too many uh, outside influences of poison coming in. So, you know, if you drink, if, if, if you drink the poison, you're going to feel the effects of it. And it's not going to lead us to anything positive within growth amongst each other. So with that being said, you can look at that as being a key uh, guideline given to us, a separation amongst us, is the propaganda uh, source of religion by the Euro beast, which is also a form of psychological mind control. And you can do research on that and look that up. You can find FBI and CIA documents Dealing with psychological mind control, and you'll find that in the top three uh, tools used for psychological mind control, that religion is in the top three. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, the line is open tonight, family. We have to we we moving into our third hour of the show, and so you know we want to make sure that everybody. Um, is able to come on in and add a piece. I know y'all been listening for a little while, so I see y'all out there. I know uh, brother, 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 make a lot. Uh, I think I see brother calls out there. Brother calls, is that you out there? Actually, let me let me make a correction. It's not only psychological; it's sociological mind control. Uh, you can look those both up. It will lead you to those uh, FBI and CIA documents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we definitely are uh, in a position right now where we can start to see these things. We are of the few. We are the of the few. They're not of the many as of yet, but we're making that turn. You know, as I said, we're just now coming up out of this. If we really, if we look at the timeline, you know, not to say that uh, voting has given us anything, but the said, the said 1965 Voters' Right Act was uh, the time that we came up out of slavery. So I said 50 years, you know, in 2015, uh, it'd be 50 years. And so, you know, I mean, we, we, we moving well right now. We moving well into the beauty for Holy Day, but there's a lot of still a lot of um, hurdles. 
a lot of obstacles, but we're seeing the revisioning of uh, moving back to family unity. One of the things that Brother uh, Hayward spoke on is how the families are, are disconnected when the man and woman come together. It's also supposed to be a union of not only that man and woman, but also a union of families. And one of the things that I see that is key, uh, key components to regaining that is a lot of the African center home schools. Um, and one of the things, and the reason I say that is because when you send your children to African center home schools, or you find African um, center communities and things of that nature, where you can have your children involved in um, African center programming, where there are other families involved, your children tend to grow up together. You, you tend to, the family, uh, they tend to be more African-centered if they're sending their children. They are more open to uh, a more African-centered view, uh, viewpoint. And that's where your children can start to find bonds at, you know, for later on in life. You know, we might have to start looking into, um, you know, if not uh, prearranged marriage, but making sure that we find suitable young men that are, uh, you know, are young um, ladies that our uh, sons and daughters should be around. You know what I mean? Looking into finding the suitable families that we should be around in order for us to really gain that sense of nationhood. That's one of the things that we have to um, look into as um, Baba Nwani Mubaruti was speaking on. He spoke on just making sure that we, that if you're not in a relationship right now, that you do take the time to um, start to choose wisely. And as Sister Camille, I believe what Sister Camille has suggested last week is that it is going to become a point in time where, you know, if you four years and up, you're going to have to, we're going to have to make sure you get married. We're going to have to find you a mate. You're over 35 or something like that, we're going to have to find you a mate. Yeah, you know, be prepared to age, but we have to start making sure we look out for, for each other. You know what I mean? And making sure we're starting to guide uh, 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 proper men and women towards each other. Because that's something that, you know, we should do. We should be looking, if you are in a good relationship, you should be looking for the other Africans to be having the same African thing that you have. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's me personally. I feel like, you know, we all need a little bit of love in our life. Uh, you know, you need that, that opposite helping to build you, being your opposite, helping to strengthen you. You know, uh, put that person. With that being said, you know, like I said, the lines is, the lines are open. And before we close out, I'm going to read another little passage from uh, M. Wally Mubaruti's complimentary. Uh, got it right now. Now, I can say it right without looking at the book. But when I'm looking at the book, I could not read it to save my life. <laughs> I could not look at the words and just and pronounce the words. But without looking at it, I can't pronounce the words. That's funny. But I will read uh, another passage here um, before we close out. I'm just an advocate. I need to um, add on right now if you like to. Y'all don't get quiet out there now. I mean, I'm out there. I hope y'all, I hope y'all out there is the reason why y'all quiet because y'all snoozing. Smoothing up with y'all with y'all partners right now. That's the reason why y'all quiet. Well, I just want to say black power to everything you said, Brother Bourne. It's powerful. 
I believe in black love, uh, the union between the African warrior and his African queen. Um, I am now of the mindset, <laughs> looking at the animal kingdom, particularly those from from the motherland, that uh, our ancestors had to observe some things too, uh, commonalities. You know, when when you look at <laughs> the lion, and and really a lot of the uh, el- uh, animals, I was going to mention elephant and whatnot, but there is a mother right kind of thing going on on a certain. Particularly when it comes to the children, you know, it is the lioness that teaches the cub. Even though the lion, uh, once he gets into his manhood, gets that mane, he runs things. And if she can't handle something, he's there to bring the final blow, you know, the death blow, smackdown. Okay? And just get studying just the rudimentary aspect of... uh, some of our socialization, opposed it, I'm going to put it that way, uh, early socialization and, uh, like, introduction, uh, you know, really, Ages of Gold and Silver is, is really one that gives you a beginning understanding. That our ancestors had to look at that because, remember now, I can't think of the um, ancestor right now, please forgive me, who had a statue of himself being smaller, sitting on his African goddess mother queen's lap and having her. I remember Dr. Clark talking about that in the and um, Ashwa Kwesi showing um, how our men understood that. Even though, you know, he came out of the womb of his mother, right? Even though he is physically designed to be stronger, he understands that before he got there to, to to rulership, that it was that queen who told him what he know to rule. You feel me? It's that lioness that teaches him how to hunt, how, how, how to handle his business. Feel mm-hmm. me? So well, I, I just want to say that, you know, uh, we're in the beginning stages, so let's not be hard on each other and, and our love um, with each other as we try to build a family and uh build a, a movement to get our eventual BB-48, Black Power. Black Power. I think that was Ramesses, too, that you're speaking of. There was an image of uh, a shooting sitting on his mother's lap, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure I, I won't forget that again. I believe it was Ramesses. I'm just, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that. Pretty sure. And one can argue that uh, they understood that. I mean, our ancestors were scientists. (laughs) You know, they observed through observation that these uh, uh, scientific principles, you know, that's the foundation of these uh, scientific principles formulating and uh, understanding relationships uh, within what is called our nature today. But it, for me, I feel I can make a real strong argument that they uh, saw commonalities in their environment um, that also helped with uh, the so I don't want to say 
the socialization. But yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say that. I'm going to say with the uh, early socialization that our ancestors developed. That's right. You know, um, does anybody have anything else to add on before I put this uh, last piece in here by uh, Baba and Wally Mubaruli? I'm not all right. Uh, put this in. This is uh, from complimentary. Complimentary. Like I said, every time I'm reading it, can't even say. But um, family. This is from chapter nine. Uh, family. A little pre-word. Uh, we have to build from within. Um, that's from Dr. John Harris Paul. Family is the first institution Europeans sought to destroy. Their attempt to conquer the African continent and the African people. Then is now, they knew that in order to break the African mind, they must break the African spirit. Then is now, they knew that all of all institutions, spirit is most deeply and protectively embedded in family. Although many historians identify other institutions as being the first victims of contact with the Europeans, Europeans did not initially go after our economic, political, spiritual, educational, and military foundations. They first sought to insidiously attack the very nexus upon which our sovereignty and sanity rested, the family. They knew if the, if the family were destroyed, all else would follow suit. They knew that weakness would spread like a sluggish but malignant cancer throughout all the other institutions and eat away our immune system. They knew that family is where traditions are kept sacred and securely passed on from one generation to the next. From their own wretched experience, they knew that the fall of a nation begins in individual home. Um, and then jump down uh, to page, on page 56, which is still in family. Uh, a family's re-Africanizing process must be made visible to and in its members. It goes without saying that the signs and symbols of this process should continually surround and envelop the African family within the home because outside of it, every sign and symbol works to destroy even the possibility of this process. Everywhere African parents and children look in their home and vehicle and anywhere else they spend time that they have control over the visual effects and atmosphere should reflect an African agenda. Throughout the home, we should find African books, magazines, newspapers, letters, sculptures, and Ginkler and other symbols, furniture, Sonara, stools, photos, drawings, posters, cloth, clothes, accessories, videos, music, shrines, trinkets, etc. No room or area that family members uh, frequent should be bereft of reminders of Africa. And every African family should have a mission statement fully aligned with this nation-building vision. Type your family mission statement out on a worthy sheet of paper and frame it for protection. Visibly posted somewhere in the room where the family must frequently gather for family activities. Read it often. Mission statements are designed to be visible, clearly understood, and agreed upon contracts packed between all the members of a family. They become the constitution upon which family stand as one in the movement to re-Africanize themselves, our people, and rebuild the African nation. The following example of a mission statement is designed to be general enough to cover all major aspects of being a revolutionary African family. While there are many possible guidelines, only your joint understanding of our mission will determine your family's fate. 
Now, I'm going to go ahead and read this family statement real fast for everybody. Uh, uh, family mission statement. As an African family in the Western cultural wasteland, we recognize and accept the responsibilities of re-Africanization. The creators, spirits, ancestors, and elders have called us to find our path toward the African way. Fulfilling this mission, we pledge to do the following necessary African absolute. We will remove all contradictions between what we think and speak as African and what we do as African. We will unconditionally love and support each other. Two, oh, hold on. One, we will remove all contradictions between what we think and speak as Africans and what we do as Africans. Two, we will unconditionally love and support each other. Three, we will every day and always elevate and emphasize the spiritual and intellectual over the material. Four, we will rear our children in the African way without compromise. Five, we will work toward cultural and social, including economic, educational, and military independence. Six, we will master the skills required to self Seven, we will work mentally and physically to liberate African people. Eight, we will acknowledge our ancestors and live by their wisdom. Nine, we will protect all African children and remember and take the whole African village to wear our children. Ten, we will embrace our heritage by reclaiming the African name, language, and spirit. Eleven, as warrior scholars, we will never forget who our enemies are, regardless of time. Beautiful, yeah. So that's uh that right there was the uh family mission statement, like um Robert Rudy says a general mission statement that you could take in your own home, you know, you might uh utilize it as as is or you might, you know, for your own family make adjustments. But um uh, like I said, I I haven't really um Broken down the whole book yet? Very, a uh, very good book though. I'll definitely tell people to go out and get it if you've got a chance, you know. Uh, and that's uh, complimentary by M. Wally Moo K. Bamani Baru. Uh, definitely uh, a nice pickup and a nice read. Uh, Sister uh, Monumental Goddess, you still out there? All right, Black Pound. We jump. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. Well, family, you know, again, I definitely like to uh, thank everybody for coming out tonight. You know, I wanted a queen tried a question, family, before you closed out. She was trying to say something. Oh no, no, no! no. I queen. thought he's asked with Sister Kaba out here. I'm sorry, I miss I misunderstood him. I'm, I apologize. Oh. Okay. Uh, no problem, Queen. Thank you, brother. Yeah, I was, I was looking for the other sister who had who had the book, uh, complimentary, and you know, just because uh, I put a piece in earlier, I just wanted to, uh, you know, what she thought about the book. So, you know, but um, with that being said, though, we definitely like to thank everybody for coming out. You know, um, it's been a wonderful show. You know, we always uh, love for to get participation from the family. We thank all the sisters for coming in who came in. We thank everybody who spoke. Um, and I say that what we have to do is just keep building, you know, like 
we got to keep building ourselves up to speak to one another. You know, we we go through this, and a lot of times, you know, we don't get the people who just want to uh, talk. We get we get the people who want to listen in, and I respect that because a lot of times we're building ourselves up. We need to hear each other speaking um, forcefully, uncompromising, and, and with an African uh, perspective and spirit and moving forward in this BB for Holy Day. And they're, they're tuned on in, and I know y'all will jump right on in. Um, when y'all get y'all, when y'all get y'all time, just keep, just keep listening. Tune in, though. Uh, and if so, call in some of your partners and let them know what's going on, and maybe one of them want to add on. But it's always a good thing to just build with family. So thank y'all very much for coming out tonight to the Feet on the Ground show. It's been Think Tank Thursday. Um, let's stay together. You know what I'm saying? Let's deal with each other as need be. The only way that we're going to get out this mess is with you and I. So with that being said, we close out like we come in, and that's with a praise Nat Turner, Jordy Garvey, Long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad, praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida B. Wells, and long live the spirit of Blue Hamer. I'll be in the trunk. House nigga too. <laughs>